Starfield gameplay details continue to come out. A big interview with Todd Howard actually increasing criticism for some people thinking that this game is not going to be what they hope for or what they were looking for. I'm going to put all the details right here at the beginning and then we discuss it in the live stream. I do that so you don't have to go hunting for the information that you might be looking for when you clicked on this video. Hit like, hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my content. This is a Reforge update. Starfield gameplay details continue to come out and more criticism and questions arise from an interview with Todd Howard about the game. There's a mention of Fallout 5 of all things as well as details about flying. I've got it as a quick update for you. Hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these vids or check out Reforge Gaming where I stream live. So GameInformer.com reported on this saying in a video interview with IGN, Bethesda's Todd Howard divulged additional details about Starfield. He also uttered the name Fallout 5 and gave an idea of when fans could expect to see it. So first and foremost, Fallout 5, why on earth did he even mention this? This seems insane, but he confirmed that Fallout 5 will be the next game after the Elder Scrolls 6, which itself has entered pre-production. So they did say they wanted to get Starfield out of the way before they even looked at the next Elder Scrolls game, and that seems to be reigning true with their eyes set on Fallout 5 beyond the Elder Scrolls 6. Now, he said that Elder Scrolls 6 is in pre-production, and you know we're going to be doing Fallout 5 after that, so our slate's pretty full going forward. That's the direct quote. Now, game length and campaign was addressed. He said Starfield's main story is about 30 to 40 hours long, or 20% larger than any Bethesda game to date. 30 to 40 hours is pretty good. That, again, is just the main story. They said there's a significant amount of side quests and things you can do that you don't have to do, but would obviously add to that number. The main city hub is New Atlantis. It's one of Starfield's four main cities, and it's the capital of the United Colonies. It's also the largest city Bethesda has ever made. And character creation, Howard stated that there'll be roughly 20 character backgrounds to choose from. It was when he started talking about space, planets, and flying that started to raise some eyebrows for some people. I believe this is actually creating a contradiction for some of the people that are trying to criticize this game. Let me make my case here in a moment. The game's procedural galaxy features the most handmade content ever made by the studio, boasting over 1,000 planets, and players can visit those. Howard also clarified you cannot fly to each seamlessly like No Man's Sky, describing the on-the-ground action and space gameplay as two separate experiences. In terms of space combat, Howard discusses how dogfighting takes cues from games like FTL and Mech Warrior and confirms that players can steal the ships that they board. Now, why the flying choice? This is a big question for people. The seamless flying between planets is obviously a hallmark of what you can do in No Man's Sky as an exploration survival game. Why will we not be doing that in Starfield? IGN.com reported that Todd Howard has said that Starfield won't allow you to fly seamlessly from space to its 1,000 explorable planets, saying the feature is, quote, really just not that important to the player to justify the engineering work involved. People have asked, can you fly to the ship and straight down, can you fly the ship straight down to the planet? And he said, no, we decided early in the project that the on-surface is one reality, and when you're in space, it's another reality 
reality. This is creating a mounting criticism about, well, why would you not have that in the game? That's a pretty basic expectation for lots of people for a game where you're exploring space. My opinion is that this isn't that big of a deal because this is more of a space RPG game than a space exploration game. Going to all the planets is part and parcel to your growth and your exploration, but it's not necessary. So the people that continue to say it's uh, just a No Man's Sky copy, it's just another No Man's Sky, why would these differences be a problem? That's where I'm a little bit confused with the mounting criticism. If it's just another No Man's Sky, why are we ignoring all the differences with respect to crafting, character creation, restarting a character, having a skill tree, having main quests, side quests, and RPG drive to explore the worlds and grow your character? But then the minute there's a difference, a clear difference between this game and No Man's Sky, it's suddenly a problem. Now, I do actually have questions about this as well as concerns. I see Fallout in space, which is largely what I was expecting to get. It's a Fallout game with a space theme. And the flight thing's not disappointing to me. However, if the combat and the ship focus and the flight are sort of separate, that's concerning. I have questions. It's like, okay, will that just feel like a side game? What's the point of going into space? What's the point of flying? What's the point of investing large sums of money? According to an interview with Pete Hines, it's very expensive to invest in your ship and customize it. Well, why would I be doing that if it's essentially a side game of combat right above the surface of the planet. We need more information about that before I'm willing to get critical, but I am concerned. As always, be sure to check out Reforge Gaming where I do these discussions live. Hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next video. And I'll see you guys right now. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Not sure where you guys land on this. I can totally see the justification of not spending large amounts of engineering time on something that is essentially an experienced loading screen, okay? I get that it's immersion... It's immersion establishing in No Man's Sky. That's the phrase I want to use. It establishes the, the, the game. It immerses you in the idea of like you're actually flying between planets, but there's not much that actually happens there. Typically, when I'm jumping from one planet to another in No Man's Sky... I'm checking my inventory, I'm looking at my things, I'm not just sitting there staring, you know, flying to the planets. Now, it does add to the sense of exploration and the sense of survival in No Man's Sky because you need fuel to get from planet to planet, you need jump fuel, you need a warp drive, you need all these things, you need to upgrade these things if you want to be an effective space traveler. That's not really what you're doing in Starfield, so it doesn't make sense to have that as a central piece. Spend all that engineering time on something that would literally be a loading screen. You're just flying down to the planet or flying from planet one to planet two. It's not necessary. However, it does drive the question home. What? Well, okay, what's the point of going into space with your ship? What's the point of investing in your ship? It's expensive. There's combat. Why am I doing that? Is it just like low-level combat above the, the, the planet's stratosphere is is there more going on than that or is that essentially it i have questions and concerns but i definitely think people are overstating this i think people are also contradicting themselves they're saying oh this is just a no man's sky ripoff and and yet when it diverges from no man's sky that's suddenly a problem i i don't think people are being consistent so welcome in this morning go through your morning ritual switch to live chat and then smash that like button 
And don't forget all of the great ways to support the channel. Uh, Become a member. We unlocked another emote yesterday, as well as first coffee order of the day will get shipped and printed today. I've got the label on the printer right now. I don't like those odd numbers. I don't like wasting labels. So first coffee order of the day gets their order printed pronto. Don't forget the labels have been changed. Reforge Roast. The bags look so good. I continue to update the bags with the new labels. I was doing some last night. You are supporting a small business when you support this coffee. This is not some sponsor where I'm getting like a 5% kickback or something. Uh, We believe in this product. It's in my house. My wife and kiddos ship it to you. And uh, if you've never tried coffee with balanced acidity, you should try our coffee. There's a link in the description below or you can use the command in chat. That uh, shirt command needs updated thank you guys for doing all the commands but this is not the miles morales shirt from yesterday this is a deadpool shirt does come from 80s tees and the link in chat will take you to the father's day collection get a great gift for dad they've got a great father's day collection shirt uh collection over there if you hit that link in the chat how do they balance the acidity i don't know i'm not a coffee roaster but that's 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 what they say about the beans, and there's virtually no bitterness. So I, it's it's in practice, man. Like, I drink it, and I'm like, yeah, that tastes like balanced acidity to me. Yo, what's good, Feed? Good to see you in the chat. Hilly says, I am worried now that the space element of the game is just a cool map. I wanted to fly around, but hopefully the RPG side of the game makes up for it. I like the No Man's Sky elements in the game. No Man's Sky is boring, no story, and the weapons are butt, says Paul. Yeah, I had somebody tell me, they're like, you can weapon craft a No Man's Sky. I'm like, yeah, but not really. You have a single tool, and you modify that tool to do different things. You don't have a shotgun, an SMG, a rifle, whatever other things we can build in this game. I mean, they showed a really cool little sidearm. There's not weapon crafting in No Man's Sky. There's like tool modification to be an effective weapon against what like four things there's like four things that can attack you on the ground in no man's sky maybe five like they're just different games like you guys know how i feel about no man's sky i love the game but the comparisons are getting absurd it's like you number one we haven't even touched this game yet okay we haven't touched it so we don't know if it's going to be good or bad, number one, we don't know. This could be another cyberpunk. That's that's certainly possible. But we also don't know that, like, how can you say, oh, it's just a, it's just an uglier No Man's Sky. I was like, okay, well, in No Man's Sky, I can't go to established cities and talk to NPCs. I can go to a copy-paste space station and talk to NPCs that are always the same, that are essentially the same. They let me do different things. They let me grab bounties. But there is no RPG thrust in No Man's Sky like that. You're not visiting different worlds, different... You are different worlds. Hear what I'm saying. You're not going to, like, different cities on the different worlds with, you know, NPCs. I mean, you're not going... You're not going to anywhere like this, okay? This... you're, You're not doing that in No Man's Sky. You're not going to these places. That's not a thing. That's fine. That's not what No Man's Sky is supposed to be. No Man's Sky is an exploration survival game. K 
Caleb with a $5 tip through Super Chat. Where are the other alien races from the 15-minute reveal? If it's all humans, then that's a letdown. Yeah, I don't know about that one, Caleb. That's actually a very, very good question. We did see only humans as far as NPCs, and then we saw lots of different aliens you can fight, like dinosaurs and giant bugs and stuff. I sincerely hope that people having uh, being taken behind this is the video. Hang on. I sincerely hope that people haven't been taken behind the scenes video, No Man's Success, how the biggest failure became a genre-defining goat in six short years. Yeah, I, that's probably a great video. I, I've said, it's so funny to me how quickly gamers change the narrative. It's like No Man's Sky went from being a meme and a mocked game and decried as a dishonest company to now you see a brand new game come out and you're like, yeah, it's just a rip off of No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is the goat. No Man's Sky is the best. No Man's Sky is our god. It's like, wait, hold on a minute. (laughs) You know what I mean? The No Man's Sky comparisons end pretty quickly for me. There's some obvious similarities in design, but that's about it. The flight thing's a major red flag. Yes. So let's talk about that, because that's kind of the central piece of the criticism. So if you're just coming in and you're just learning about the fact that there's mounting criticism for Starfield, Starfield gameplay details continue to come out. Todd Howard did an interview with IGN. And he said something that sort of set the world ablaze. He said, you can't fly seamlessly between the planets. And all of a sudden, it was like, they're like, wait a minute. What do you mean I can't fly seamlessly between the planets? Okay. I, for one, agree with his reasoning, and I agree with his decision. He said, we didn't want to spend the engineering time on something that wasn't important to the player. Now, players are bristling at that and saying, Hang on a minute, Mr. Howard. Don't speak for me. That is important to me. Why are you saying that's not important to the player? Well, he's saying it's not important to the player because he's giving you a glimpse into the POV of the game. The player, the person journeying through this game, isn't going to care about flying between planets, okay? You're not going to care about that. It would be like Sean Murray saying, we didn't invest in a vibrant weapon system because combat's not going to, it isn't really important to the player. Well, don't speak for me about that. No, 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 no. You'd have to take that quote in context. If Sean Murray came out and said, we didn't invest a bunch of engineering time in a robust deep weapon pool because combat we just didn't think that that was important to the player he's speaking about the hypothetical player of no man's sky and that would be true the hypothetical player of no man's sky isn't going to give a rip about how many smgs are there how many rocket launchers are there do you have any assault rifles or sniper rifles like that's not the people playing no man's sky so when todd howard says We didn't spend engineering time on that because it's not important to the player. He's speaking about the hypothetical player of Starfield. Like, if you want to come play Space Fallout, that's not going to matter to you, right? It's not going to matter to you. You're not going to care about that. It's an RPG. You're not spending time. You have to think about something. You don't just fly from planet to planet in No Man's Sky you survive while doing so. If you have expensive cargo in tow, you get attacked by pirates. If you run out of fuel, you have to shoot asteroids to get more. If you want to go from one star system to another star system, you have to build, upgrade, and keep your hyperdrive fueled. 
all of those things are orbiting around, no pun intended, they're all orbiting around survival game elements. So, of course you can fly from planet to planet. Of course you can literally walk the entire circumference of a planet. Why? That's part and parcel to the identity of a survival game. When you come to an RPG like this, there's things like fast travel. There's things like a map where you can say, I'd like to go back to base. Whoop, and you just go back to base. You you can't do that in No Man's Sky. You can't be like, take me back to my ship. Oh, you can bring your ship to you. Yes, you can. And it costs fuel. That's part of being in a survival game. So this is where I think what he said is completely legitimate. I, I think people are jumping to conclusions like oh he's speaking for the player now he's speaking for the hypothetical player he's saying listen that's not important to the player if you're trying to go to a thousand something planets you're trying to get resources and you're trying to find stuff you're trying to work on a quest or a main quest or a side quest or a whatever you're not going to want to be flying between planets we didn't spend engineering time on that because there's no reason for you to fly between the planets There's nothing out there. We didn't put anything there. No Man's Sky did, right? Stay mad. I'm not mad at all. I'm having a discussion. I'm monologuing. Have you never been here before? You seem new to the internet like a little baby. You just popped out and said, good morning. I'm here to be ignorant. Like, I okay, thanks for stopping by. I feel like because this game went so long until we finally had gameplay and expectations got too high and a lot of these people are disappointed they're now attacking the game the Starfield criticisms are valid how are they valid we don't have a game yet I, I don't I don't I don't understand how a, a criticism of a game can be valid I agree Bethesda loading screens are almost a thing of the past I find it laughable that people think there are going to be a thousand planets with stuff to do on them. Like, yeah, okay, uh, try like 10 or 20, modders will do the rest. See, again, this is funny to me. The presumption, the presumption of gamers motivated purely by cynicism. Like, you're telling me to stay mad. Like, the irony, the irony is, is so much of the presumption is just rooted in presumed negativity right it just presumes negativity it's like yeah it's going to be bad the planets are going to suck the modders are going to fix everything it's going to be a glitch riddled mess there's going to be no reason to go to any of the planets how do you know that i i don't understand if this game comes out and is bad i'll be the first person in line to get out the machete and chop it to ribbons I will. I'll be the first person in line. I'm like, let's get it. They totally fumbled the ball. But to, to say things like, well, it's going to be bad. There'll be no reason to go to the planets. The fact that I can't fly from one planet to another is a deal breaker. Going to be a terrible game. It's like, I, maybe this is, this is a self-inflicted thing. Because I went into this, okay? I went into this saying, it's going to be Fallout in space. Like, Look Look at the history of their games. Look at the history of their RPGs. The backbone of their games when they're RPGs, there's like a similar spinal column running through all of their games. And I'm like, that's what Starfield's going to be. They're going to take 
the spinal column of the RPGs that they've built up to now, and they're going to take it to outer space. And when I watched the trailer, I was like, that's exactly what they've done. Now, you want to talk about Bug Thesda, and you want to talk about Fallout 76. Listen, if this thing launches buggy, they will have to answer for that. I'll criticize them for that. I'm like, what was the point in delaying? What was the point in saying you're putting the finishing touches on the game like half a year, probably nine months. Let's just say nine months. Let's just say this thing launches March. Nine months before the game came out, you said you were putting the finishing touches on it, okay? What happened then? So I'm I'm not going to be like all kid glove kind to them if they launch a buggy mess after delaying it and after saying in the middle of 2022 they were putting the finishing touches on. I have my own concerns about performance. I've already voiced them. I said, uh, frame rate stuff, ee, looking pretty bad. That Series S, it's going to it's gonna struggle to run this thing. This thing's ambitious. This thing is big. The draw distance is super far. We're seeing pop-in. We're seeing frame stutters. Holy moly, is this engine going to gonna, gonna be able to carry this game? I do have my criticisms. Based on what I've seen, not based on presumptions. Well, the planets are going to suck. You don't know that. It's just like No Man's Sky. It's it's actually not really like No Man's Sky at all, except for the fact that you're in space and can fly. No flying in space is a deal breaker for some people. That's hard to truly believe. I said in my show open, I said, Todd Howard's commentary about Starfield flying, I have concerns and questions. I'm not presuming, I'm not coming to conclusions like so many people on the internet are prone to do. I'm saying, listen, if I can't fly from planet to planet, and you say that the the ground, on the ground and in space are separate entities, they're wholly separate entities then what's the point of flying? What's the point of investing in my ship? Now, I'm going to theorize a comeback. This is me just theorizing what the comeback would be. I could imagine Todd Howard saying, there's going to be a whole host of piracy missions and combat missions and and uh, ship battles and all sorts of things you can go do if that's something you really enjoy. But our own internal research and guesstimation about the community is that there's going to be a lot of people that don't really want to fly and do all that. So that's like an optional aspect of the game you can invest in if you really, really want to get into flying and a bigger ship and combat and being awesome and cargo and transporting stuff. Cool, good for you. Your ship will be an extension of your player. If you want to do this awesome cargo mission for this huge payout, you're going to need a ship that can hold the cargo. You got to invest in a bigger ship. There'll be an entire sort of skill tree trajectory ship aspect of the game. I'm theorizing that that would be their comeback because that sounds like Fallout space RPG elements that would just sort of naturally get built. I don't think they're going to be like, yeah, it's a fun side game. You can go in outer space and go pew pew. A $5 tip from NG Eastside. I'm sending this because you have made my shift at work a little more fun the last days. Thanks. Gunplay is my biggest problem. What do you think? I said in my initial analysis of the game that the gunplay doesn't look very good. I said it looks like, oh, we got two coffee orders right off the rip. Uh, Thank you so much, Talica, for ordering some Reforged Roast. And then a couple of bags to Telorn. Talica beat you to the jump, Telorn. He beat you to the jump, Telorn. She's getting printed right now. She's getting printed right now, as I promised. 
as I promised. So, in my initial analysis of the gameplay, I said, I said, ah, dude, that gunplay don't look so good. It looks like Fallout 4 with a space mod turned on. Fallout 4's gunplay is okay, right? It's a little mid, right? It's a little it's a little mediocre. No one's playing Fallout 4 because it's an amazing first-person shooter. You play Fallout 4 because it's a good RPG, right? So I'm not overlooking the things that are clearly in front of me as like, that doesn't look that hot. I saw some frame rate issues. I saw some pop in. Why am I flying? Why am I flying, Todd? Right? Why am I flying? Why do I care about space combat if space is just kind of like a separate thing? Okay, Talica ordered one of each. You ordered one of each. Okay, hang on one second. Padded, but da da da. Print that. Print that. One of each. Give me one second. Okay. Why is the floor wet, Todd? Why are we gonna fly, Todd? Like I have questions. I am not at all a Starfield fanboy. I am not at all an Xbox fanboy. I play it as about as down the middle as you can. I play it about as down the middle as you can. I wait and I criticize what is tangible, what's visible, what I can interact with. And up to this point in time, there's not enough for me to go on. It's like... I see Fallout in space. I have my concerns about these ha- these handfuls of things, but I'm not going to presume that the planets are empty and stupid and a waste of time. I'm not going to presume that the lack of flying between planet A and B is a deal breaker. Why? It's not the point of the game. Games can have different purposes in POVs. Didn't Todd just say that you cannot fly straight down to the planet? I thought we will get a land animation, but we will still fly from planet to planet. No, that's not in the game. No. He said, and I, I, okay, I made this analogy earlier. I made this analogy earlier. He said they didn't see the point in spending engineering time on something that wasn't important to the player. And I said, I want you to imagine an interview with Sean Murray where he said, we didn't, we didn't spend a bunch of time developing hundreds and hundreds of weapons because combat's not really important to the player. Okay. He's, he's speaking for the hypothetical player. Your argument's sounding a bit fanboyish? No, how is it sounding fanboyish? I'm pushing back against cynicism and presumption that's not rooted in fact. I'm pushing back against unfair comparisons, and I'm pushing back against conclusions that are not rooted in anything other than your own negative outlook on the game. That's all I'm pushing back on. So when I say... The gunplay looks bad. It looks like Fallout 4 with the skin. Does that sound like a fanboy? When I say there's texture popping and frame rate issues right off the rip in the video, does that sound like a fanboy? When I say, well, if the space combat and the flying is a completely separate thing, then what's the point in doing it? Like, I've got concerns about that feeling kind of like a side game. Does that sound like a fanboy? Are those anything, are those any of the things that like a fanboy would say? Right? It's rooted in precedent. Bethesda set that precedent. Now, if you're talking about bugs, yes, they've set a precedent for bugs. 
but they're really big open world RPGs. Have they set a precedent for just a bunch of meaningless crap everywhere? Aren't most open world games going to be dotted with empty barren places and a place for something to do? Empty barren places and a place for something to do. Some enemies here, some of this here, some of that there. I don't understand. Like, if you're talking about bugs, sure. I just said moments ago that if this thing launches buggy, I'll be the first person to get the machete out because they delayed it and roughly nine months before the game came out, Todd Howard saying we're putting the finishing touches on the game. Like, I, I like if you want me to sign on to your presumptive cynicism and if I won't do it, you mean that makes me sound like a fanboy? I hate to disappoint you. You're the problem, not me. Just because people won't sign on to this pessimistic, stick-in-the-mud, negativity presumption that, like, it's probably going to be bad, the planets are going to be empty, I can't believe, this is just No Man's Sky 2.0. If Just because I won't sign on to that outlook, that doesn't make me a fanboy. That doesn't. That's just dichotomous thinking that's just part and parcel to tribalism on the internet. It's like, well, you're not hitting my level of irritation, presumption, cynicism, or negativity, and since you're not at my level of negativity, you're a fanboy. That's just thoughtless tribalism. Like, you're not you're not saying anything worth saying. You just sound like somebody on Twitter. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's buggy. Modders will fix that. You don't play Bethesda games for the launch. You play them two, three years down the road. I don't buy into that mentality. I think that's just such a silly... We can't... You can't... You can't... No. You cannot excuse what they've done in the past with modders. I don't agree with that at all. I've not yet even insinuated that. I have not once insinuated that... No, it'll be fine. The modders will fix it. It's fine that they launched Fallout 4 as a buggy mess. I've not once given any inclination that that's okay not once so to me it's like if i'm the first in line to say hey this is a buggy mess get the frick out of here what is this you guys delayed the game nine months ago todd howard saying that the game was having its finishing touches put on i'm not gonna sit there and just and 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 defend that i haven't said anything this morning to indicate that it's okay to launch the game buggy i haven't said that at all Fallout 4 had its issues, but it was still all over very fun, especially since they're able to bring mods to console, which nobody else does. It will be sketchy if it's first quarter, but afterward it will be fine. No one's excusing it. We are Bethesda game players. We know in what bugs to expect, but we know we will play it again in 10 years. No, it will not have co-op. No, no multiplayer. I didn't expect that. I expected Fallout in space, which you can have companions. Now, I have an inkling, I have a spidey sense that they will do a co-op companion update at some point in time if the game is very successful and if they can implement the netcode to let like a buddy come in and play with you as a companion but that I, that's just pure speculation on my part there's no reason for me to think that other than the fact that you almost always have a companion in Fallout 4 and they built Fallout 76 so can't you make a baby from that you know what I mean you can't land the ship in Mass Effect that's what I keep trying to point people to. It's like, think Mass Effect. 
think about Mass Effect. If there's a Mass Effect out on the horizon, let's say there's an amazing Mass Effect that comes out in four or five years. Are, are we going to be pitchforks in hand if you can't land on the planet and fly between the planets? No, why? It's it's because it's a space RPG. That you, you, don't, you don't need to do that. Now, if they add that, whoa, let's go. That sounds pretty cool. My question would be, is there a purpose? I'm going to be consistent here, and let me make an analogy to something else we've covered recently. Sonic Frontiers. So Sonic Frontiers comes out. Everybody's like, what the frick is this? This looks bad. It looks like a tech test. And I started talking about the sense within the gaming community lately that open world is we're just getting tired of it. And I said one of the reasons that people are getting tired of open world is because there needs to be exploratory purpose behind open world. This is why Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring are hailed as two of the greatest open world games ever made. And you would be correct in saying that because there's exploratory purpose to virtually every square inch of the map. It's almost staggering to think about if you look at Breath of the Wild and if you look at Elden Ring and the size of those games, it's staggering to think how much purpose is woven in to so, to like every square inch of the map for the most part. Like you very little frivolity is involved in that game when you're exploring. You're not going to be like, "Well, this was a complete waste of time." No, this area has tons of stuff to do, discover, etc. So I said that about I said that about the the nature of uh, Sonic Sonic Frontiers. I said, listen, I said, if there's zero exploratory purpose behind this stuff, right? If there's zero exploratory purpose and all it is is, hey, there's a pretty mountain in the background. I think there are games that use the open world as a catch-all term and it's basically a painting. It's just a background. It's just pretty background, okay? So, I get it when people say, I don't know, man, it's just another open-world game. There's like a precedent being set that people are kind of exhausted. And I said, there needs to be exploratory purpose to open-world. I'm going to be consistent and say the same exact thing about space travel. If I'm going to be flying from planet to planet there should be exploratory or game purpose behind that why am i doing that right what's the point did i miss a super chat i feel like i missed a super chat let me scroll up before i read that one ng side tipped five dollars i'm sorry i missed this i apologize thanks i agree on the fallout 4 gunplay was mid but i thought it looked more visceral than starfield um, I would need to see more before thinking that. Mince Tree with a $10 super chat. What part of the way the game plays like related to the Series S? The console should not have been promoted as next gen. Yeah, that's a whole side issue. We got to do a whole show on that. We do. We have so many viewers here right now. Let me press pause on the exploratory purpose monologue that I just decided to go on. If you've never been here before, we debate games, we discuss games. I keep it safe for work. You may have noticed this morning I've not sworn a single time. We've been live for 35 minutes and I've kept it safe for work. A lot of people treat me like video game podcast or video game radio. They throw me on in the background of their day. We've got lots of discussions all throughout the week. I'm live every day of the week multiple times 
times. Our second show today is about Assassin's Creed and all the stuff they're doing with that game and that franchise. That'll be our second show of the day. Then we go over to Reforge Radio to do the rundown, which is just a rundown of news. What we do here on gaming, this is Reforge Gaming. Right here, you can see it in the corner. You can see it behind me. Branding's everywhere. It's a little obnoxious. It's even on my mug for the coffee that we sell. But branding is everywhere because we want you to know where you are because we have multiple channels. But hit that subscribe button, hit that bell button so you don't miss these great discussions and do me a favor, smash the like button you may notice something you are welcome to come in here and disagree with me, one of the best things that I think that we do is we have great debates and discussions, what we don't tolerate is attacking other people in chat or attacking me, attack the arguments, don't attack the person if you can manage that you'll have a good time here. So thanks for being here. Let's get those likes up, man. There's so many people here. Hey, guess what? We've unlocked a bunch of emotes, and we do members-only content all the time. This month, the members-only community game night is going to be massive. It's going to be Fall Guys. Fall Guys goes free to play on all platforms next week, and then Friday night, June 24th, we're all playing together. If you're a member, become a member right now for 5 bucks a month. Maybe give some members. Let's keep it going. Let me go back to my monologue. Exploratory Purpose. So I'm drawing a line from if you're going to do open world, if you're going to do open world, then you better have exploratory purpose. Can I go up that mountain? If it's just a pretty mountain, then I don't care, right? Give me exploratory purpose. I'm going to draw a straight line from that over here and say, if you're going to be flying planet to planet, landing on the planets if flying around space is a significant aspect of the game and your development time then there better be purpose behind it and apparently there isn't because it's an RPG game they're like there's not a reason to fly around right we didn't build that there's nothing between the planets when you fly around in No Man's Sky right that's an extension of your survival you need to have fuel you got to get fuel if you have really expensive stuff in your cargo you're going to get attacked by pirates how are your how are your weapons doing how's your uh, ship's agility right that's all aspects of survival the purpose of flying is travel no not in their game games have purpose right so does every game that has a sword does the sword serve the same purpose not all the time I was playing a game just last night with my son called Crashlands, right? A super cool top-down isometric survival game called Crashlands. And my sword was initially for harvesting materials. I wasn't hitting anything with it. In fact, when I tried to use my sword against some of the the animals, it was incredibly weak. So a sword doesn't serve the same purpose. So just because I see a sword doesn't mean I can conclude melee-based combat can't wait here we go it's gonna have melee based combat no not at all no it was more of a queuing combat it was more of a queued animation it wasn't really melee based combat so like every game that has a sword or a sword and shield and it doesn't have exactly the same purpose for the sword and the shield so just because there's a ship and just because there's flying doesn't mean the purpose of the ship is to travel see you're presuming this is what I try to point out yesterday in the discord and so often when this comes up so much of what people are saying is just pure presumption it's like, you're just presuming that. You're just presuming that. They build a space RPG. I, I don't need to, to, to fly from planet to planet if they didn't build the game with that being a requirement. They didn't build a game with that having any purpose. 
right? There's cars in the game. I don't know if there's cars in the game. Are there? Let's just say there are. Well, the only reason you have cars in the game is for me to drive around. No, they might just be for looks. I'm not exhausted with open world games, says Suede, but I'm growing tired of his cramming in features that just to tick the boxes of whatever trending mechanic system ETC. Right, I call that video game, I call that game buffet syndrome. Game buffet syndrome. Biomutant, the music is drowning you out a little. I've not changed, I don't know why people are saying that. It's at a four. It's at the same volume it always is. Some guy in chat said it. To be quite honest, nobody else is saying it. There's too many people here. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm, I'm not going to do the, the, the audio Andy thing. The I'm telling you, if they didn't build that as the purpose, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to care about it. Maybe it was the song. Yeah, I had one guy say something, Christina, and I didn't recognize his name. Like, I'm not calling you an audio Andy. I'm borrowing that from Asmund Golden is one video we watched recently. Like, you get stuck, you get stuck in that, like, it's loud, it's not loud, it's too loud, it's too quiet. It's like you'll you'll spend a thousand years trying to tweak it. Like, I've I've kept it at this audio level for uh, two years now, I think. So <laughs> can't even hear the music. Didn't know that people didn't know there was supposed people to complain. Yeah. It must have been a particular song. In any case, because it's a playlist from StreamTune, so maybe they added new music and maybe some of the songs are louder. Sometimes audio control uh, sometimes audio control on Spotify is a little out of whack. No, they haven't added any new music, so I don't know why one song would have been particularly louder than the rest. We've used this playlist for months. Okay, back to the topic at hand. If you're going to presume about the purpose of a given thing in a game, I guess, sure, you can do that, but I just, I don't, I don't see the point of that. What's, what's the point? There are plenty of games out there. Like, if you would have seen, let's just take No Man's Sky as an example. If you would have seen No Man's Sky footage and you'd have seen him holding a gun, right? And you'd have seen him shooting, you know, bam, 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 and he was like shooting uh, an animal or... You know he's he's shooting a uh, of one of the one of the one of the things. It was a bit louder than your voice. That is literally technically impossible. I, I can see the audio readout in OBS. There is absolutely no way it was louder than my voice. Like my voice is hitting a negative five or zero decibel, and it was hitting at most it hits a negative thirty or forty. It's that's technically impossible for it to be louder than my voice. It could be your speakers. Maybe you guys are one headphoning it. I don't know. In any case, in any case, the, the 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 visual of that game being shown to you and you being like, oh, there's a gun. There's a gun that we're going to be fighting. It's a shooter. There's going to be combat. The purpose of guns is to have combat and to get into to get into gunfights. You'd be wrong, right? You'd be 100% wrong because that's not the purpose of that tool in that's not the purpose of the tool in no man's sky so you can't look at flying in a space game and be like i am presuming i can fly between the planets flying is a part of the game i can't wait to do it it's like well maybe maybe not there's a ship in uh jedi fallen order there's a ship in jedi fallen order is there not what you it's an rpg though so you just go to a little menu system you click on a planet, 
and then there's like a load scene travel scene and then you're at the planet and you don't get to land the ship the little guy does and then you just walk out the ramp so you see what I'm saying like does it show you flying in the ship in fallen order uh, I don't know I don't know the point that I'm making okay the point that I'm making is if you are going to see this game having a spaceship and presume a bunch of things about it, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Because we have no idea what they what they have planned for the ship. Right? We have no idea what they have planned for the ship. So to presume all those things is a mistake. We didn't even know. We didn't even know they were going to let us do ship customization. We didn't know that. That like, But... Let's imagine there was no ship customization. You just had to find ships the way that you do in No Man's Sky. I'm talking the visual customization, the paint, the attaching parts, all of that. Let's say that was not in the game at all, but you presumed it was going to be there, and then it wasn't, and then you were disappointed. I think some people expected No Man's Sky Fallout, greatest epic of all time. Don't you see how criticisms rooted in unfounded expectations is a problem? Does nobody see that? Watch the Todd Howard interview. I literally summarized it this morning. I pulled from an article. Try to keep up. <laughs> try try to keep up. Come on, folks. Telling me to go do stuff I've already done? Come on. The ship flight is a replacement for fast travel. They showed combat, ambushes, space stations, docking, and in the interview, Todd said there will be quests on those ships. Yeah, and you can fight ships and take them. He said that too. You would like fight a ship and take it. My speculation, based on the interviews and scenes, space combat in Starfield will likely be in orbit or specific locales, not during interplanetary travel. I theorized this morning, Victor, that's going to be a whole arm of your RPG experience. You want to level your ship? You want to haul more cargo? You want to work on these quests, these bounties? You want to work on whatever these things are? You got to use your ship. You got to have your ship be stronger. Like, that just makes sense to me. It's like how, oh, you want to do that? You don't have enough strength yet. I think that's going to be an extension of the RPG. Uh, the next topic today, Corey, is Assassin's Creed. Everything they have planned for Assassin's Creed. There's a roadmap. They announced things for Valhalla. A rogue mode. We're talking about all of it. So if someone says they're worried about the game, they're being presumptuous. No, but predicting the game won't run properly is just informed speculation. I smell a double standard. No, you don't smell a double standard. I have actual evidence that the memory limitations on the Series S is a problem for development. This game's incredibly ambitious with crazy draw distances and graphical fidelity. It's very easy to look at that and say, huh, weaker systems with games with strong graphical fidelity tend to have problems. So... That is a informed piece of speculation, yes. Now, the double standard that you're trying to outline as you straw man is, I mean, hilarious. I don't know if you actually thought you were going to sneak this one past, but it's a straw man. Because I didn't say you're, you're not allowed to be worried. I myself spent a few minutes ticking off the five things that I'm worried about. I said, do I sound like a fanboy? I'm worried about these five things. Do I sound like a fanboy? Being worried is different than presumptive criticism so if you're going to tear apart my argument and if you're going to attempt to at least properly quote me presumptive criticism isn't the same as presumptive concern well 
I'm just presuming that the planets are going to be empty and a giant waste of time. Why the frick did they make all those planets? That's stupid. Okay, that's presumptive criticism. Presumptive concern would be, I don't know, man. That's a lot of planets. I'm worried they're going to be empty. Do you see the difference in the framing? Do you see the difference in the in the sense of like knowing something like one one person's acting as if they know one person's acting as if I, I don't know man it could be bad like I am concerned as well I've, I've uttered tons of concerns there's performance issues in the dadgum trailer okay what's the point of flying right what's the point of flying I'm concerned why would we do any of that I'm concerned about all those things I'm concerned about the shooting the shooting feels like Fallout 4 dated engine with a paint job. Now, have I said, shooting's gonna be bad. It's gonna suck. <laughs> Flying's gonna be pointless, guys. There's no reason for it. Uh, do you see the difference? One presumes and jumps to a criticism. The other is like, this looks kinda... Ugh, can we get some clarity on this? Can we get some more gameplay? Can I get a demo? Can I get my hands on the sticks? I don't know, man. This this is concerning. There's a difference between concern and conclusion. That's what I've been trying to point out. I'm reading things on Twitter. I'm reading things in my chat. I'm reading blogs. I'm, I'm reading stuff in my Discord. I'm reading presumptive conclusions. There's no way it hits uh, constant 60 on the S. Probably not. I'll be back when people have anything of actual substance to say that comes from at least some sort of experience with the product of which you somehow feel you can judge at this point. Yeah, I've always played it this way. Anybody familiar with my content knows I've always played it this way. I make predictions. I don't I don't draw conclusions about stuff that hasn't happened yet. I make predictions. I'm not bad. I don't have a bad batting average of predictions of things that are going to happen with games or the gaming world, okay? My prediction batting average is pretty good. So I make predictions. I express concerns and questions. And then I play the game and I say, here's the good. Here's the bad. Here's what you can do to fix it, right? That's how I approach an entire game that I covered for five years almost exclusively. I cover games the same way now. I don't give quarter... I don't give quarter to people being presumptively cynical, negative, and critical. It's like the game isn't even out. We can't voice our concerns. Hellfire, that's not what I've been seeing. Now, if you're voicing your concerns and you're hearing me get all hot and bothered and monologue about the people who are drawing presumptive conclusions, then you're just misapplying what I'm saying. You're applying it to yourself and you don't need to. Right? You have every right. I mean, those are cherry-picked barrier. Those are cherry-picked screenshots, and you know it. There's at least four planets that look completely different than the five that you're showing. There was a tropical one. There was a red desert one, like a red planet. There was one that looked like lush with like a blue sky. Come on, man. You're cherry-picking. I can do the same thing in No Man's Sky. I can do the same thing in No Man's Sky. Also, there's a big difference between sun-swept and desert. Like, come on. When you zoom all the way out, yeah, they look the same. If I take my glasses off and squint, you know, I, I, two cars could look exactly the same. 
You're voicing concerns that have already been answered, and you're claiming that you watch the content that answers the questions, yet you're asking questions that have already been answered anyway? That's not true. No. Completely incorrect. Where have they addressed my concerns about frame rate? Where have they addressed my concerns about the engine and how shooting w- will feel? Where have they addressed my concerns about graphical pop-in? Where have they addressed my concerns about the fact that you just said flying and on the ground are completely separate entities? So what's the trajectory and point of flying? They've not addressed those concerns. My primary concerns have not been addressed. My concerns are literally based on the interview from yesterday and the showcase where's this monsoon of information that answers all my my concerns Todd Howard answered the question about what you do in space already yes I quoted him this morning I covered it in my open try to keep up what he said has sparked new concerns and questions that have not been answered I don't think what he says is a substantive answer to my question and concern about what's the point of flying? What's the point? And Pete Hines did an interview in the extended Xbox game showcase where he said it's extremely expensive to invest in your ship. Why am I doing that? Why? He doesn't answer that in that interview. He just says they're completely separated. You know what I mean? I subscribe so I can say that you're a man, baby. You, y'all you whine way too much. It's, see, it's hilarious. I love when someone will come in and admit they're thoughtless. Like, thank you for just coming in and letting everybody know you're an idiot. And here's why. I'm going to literally put you on trial. Your honor, this person's an idiot. Okay? All throughout the morning, for the last 53 minutes, I've been accused of defending the game and being a fanboy and praising the game. And here comes idiot number 15 to tell me that I'm whining too much. So which is it? Which thoughtless bottom of the barrel, carbon copy, Rolodex of insults can you come up with? Am I a fanboy or am I whining? Like, which is it? I'm just curious. I'm, I am. I'm just curious. Like, is it that I'm whining too much because I'm expressing concern based on things that I've seen in interviews that I've read or am I a fanboy and I'm just I'm ignoring the blatant problems and the the easy to see issues with the game and how bad it's going to be which one is it can you make a I know it's hard choosing between a false binary is tough you have two choices in front of you you know do you want chocolate or vanilla I know this is probably making blood squirt out your nose because this level of thought's too difficult for you but which is it am I a fanboy or am I a whiner you have to choose clocks ticking Big ambitious games like Starfield, objective streamers like yourself, and other things blow it out of the water. Let me be clear, this game could completely fall on its face. We don't know. I'm not even saying the game's going to be good. You literally said that space was only for fast travel when Todd Howard stated that there would be quests in space, which disproves your statement. You're ripping a statement out of context and drawing a false conclusion. I did not say that space was only for fast travel. I said people presumed that. See, you're having a really, really hard time keeping up, which I, I can't fault you for that because you're you're typing on the internet, and so I guess I'm, I'm presuming too much about your intelligence, so maybe I should act like I'm talking to a five-year-old. 
I didn't say that it was only for travel. Someone in chat said that. I said, you're presuming that flight is for travel and that you can't come to a game. And I drew an analogy. I said, if you saw gameplay footage of No Man's Sky and the guy was holding a gun and you presumed, well, the purpose of guns is combat, that would be a false presumption. I was actually responding to somebody in chat who said, oh, it's fair to presume that, that ships are for travel. And I said, no, no, that's not, you can't presume that. And I made the analogy to Mass Effect. I said, you're in a ship in Mass Effect and you don't use the ship to do anything. It's just sort of like a, it's it's sort of like a, it's your, it's your central hub. And then I made the analogy to Jedi Fallen Order. So, and I wasn't saying that flying was only for travel. I was engaged in a particular comment at a particular point in the discussion. There are people that are irritated at the fact that you can't fly from planet to planet because they presumed that would be in the game. And I've been saying that's not necessary. Right? That Presuming that isn't necessary. We didn't allow them to even come out and define this game. And now that it doesn't have certain things, we're irritated. It's like going to an amusement park and your assumption is there's going to be seven teacup rides. And when there's not seven teacup rides, you're like, I don't understand. I thought there was going to be seven teacup rides. It's like, well, who told you that? Like... Who told you you'd be flying from planet to planet? Who said that? Where did they show anything that made you think that? You saw a ship, you saw flying, and you saw planets, and you're like, oh, I'm definitely going to fly from planet to planet. Do you, are you going to do that with every space RPG that comes out? Why is it necessary the looking customization of the ship? Jonathan, that was a question I asked a little bit ago. Yo, Pyloctor with a brand new membership. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. Be sure if you're a member to get in the Discord and check for members-only content all throughout the week. We do something on Thursdays and Friday nights. The, the, the ship the ship aspect of the game, I, I've said that already. Pete Hines did an interview during the Xbox Games Extended Showcase, and he said it's extremely expensive to invest in your ship. And I'm like, okay, if I'm investing all that time in my ship and it's extremely expensive, is it literally just to make space combat better? Or is there like a whole host of things I do with my ship that you haven't talked about? Right? It's a space game. Life in that game happens on planets and in space. You asking what's the purpose of flying just seems idiotic. Presuming ships are for travel and combat is natural. Okay, but presuming that you will fly from planet A to planet B? No. No, I'm not being idiotic. Do you know how many games have space and ships and things like this, and you don't literally fly from planet to planet. You understand how what? No- <laughs> this is what's crazy to me. This is it. This is it. This is that. Do you remember when the stand-up comedian was on the talk show and they said, "Hey, it's the first time ever in space Wi-Fi," and they get in the flight and the Wi-Fi is not working, and the guy next to him is like, "This is bullshit." And the guy's like, "You didn't even know the thing existed until like five minutes ago, and you already feel entitled to it." Okay. No Man's Sky as a game and what you can do in that game and is so unprecedented, but now it's an expectation. Like, that's gamers in a nutshell. Like, (laughs) 
No Man's Sky is hated on and ridiculed and Hello Games are decried as liars and Sean Murray's a maniacal liar and then but but oh the, the, the thing that they let you do in that game that's the standard now don't you know if you make a space game I need to be able to fly all of space I need to be able to fly hundreds of thousands of miles from one planet to another you need to engineer and build that why well because they did it i feel like when we were arguing the differences between game pass and ps plus and people were telling me that ps plus is dead on arrival because it won't be doing day and date big triple a releases because oh xbox did it therefore everybody else has to do it that can't you 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 can't have that be your like that's just your expectation now if you do a space game you better do what No Man's Sky did. But why? What? Why? I've already addressed the fact that, like, traveling in your ship in No Man's Sky is an extension of the fact that it's a survival game. That's literally why it's there. It serves a categorical genre purpose. It's like, you have to make your ship bigger, stronger, fuel it up, gas it up, get your hyperdrive upgraded, make sure you have fuel for the hyperdrive, like, oh, you have lots of expensive stuff in, in, in tow, you're going to get attacked. Hopefully your weapons are up to snuff, right? All of those things are part and parcel to a survival game. So expecting, you, you just rip all that away. None of those things exist in, fall, in Fallout, in Starfield. None of those things exist in Starfield. None of those survival elements. And yet they're supposed to let you fly from planet to planet. It doesn't make any sense to me. Are we all crazy to think that a new next-gen game can't and won't do what No Man's Sky, a seven-year-old game, was able to accomplish? Yes, because it's engineering time. Engineering time has purpose, Abe. It has purpose. So is every... And and not moments ago, not moments ago, Swade said in chat that he's tired of games just grabbing all these things from other games and shoving them in. It's, it's, it's the game buffet syndrome. Look at what it did to Biomutant. Look at what it did to Biomutant. Biomutant grabs aspects from all these other games, and it's a mile wide. It's diluted. It has no identity. It doesn't. It's like the, 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 what is this game? What am I playing? So, what engineering purpose would it have been for Bethesda to spend hundreds, if not thousands, of man hours after you add it all up to build space travel between the planets? And someone says that's amazing. What? Why'd you do that? What do we do when we're doing those things? And they're like, nothing. What do you, What do you mean nothing? You You modified the engine and built it and built the mechanics and the the time travel and the the distance and the lighting. You You calculated all that so I can fly from planet A to planet B. Why am I doing that? Be- because it's cool. Does it serve purpose in the game? No. Well, then why'd you build that? Why'd you do that? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It, it, it's, it's, not, it's, not part, it's not part of the game's identity. So, yes, they looked at their game and they said, it's a space RPG. We got planets. We got biomes, we got weapons, we got people, da 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 and they're like, hey, do we need do we need them to be able to like seamlessly fly between the planets? And they're like, no. That that's not really that's not really something we're focused on. Oh, okay. And then they move on with their day. 
Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not defending it. I'm saying every game can't just automatically do what another game did because you think it's cool. Like, the name of the game gives you the assumption that you will be in space and use your ship to travel. What? I, I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. That's just so presumptive. Like, let them come out and define the game. Well, the name's Starfield, so I thought I was going to be in a field of stars. I don't... What is this? I actually thought it was going to be an interplanetary football game. You know? Starfield? Football field? Starfield? I mean, come on. What... What not this supposed to be Space Madden? Where's the footballs? What is this? What Can I do a run play? Like, what are we even saying? What are we even saying? The name? The name of the game? And you're like, Here's all my assumptions and presumptions about the game. It's called Starfield. Therefore, it'll basically be No Man's Sky. This is what's cracking me up. This is what's cracking me up. Apparently the game is No Man's Sky 2.0, but as the details start emerging, and it's clearly not No Man's Sky 2.0, now everybody's upset. Wait a minute. Hold on. (laughs) Can you back... Can you back the train up? (laughs) 72 hours ago, this just looked like ugly No Man's Sky. This was just No Man's Sky 2.0. But as details emerge, painting a very clear picture that, no, this is not No Man's Sky. It's basically a space RPG. Well, now that's a problem. Which which is it? I don't understand. Is it bad if it's just No Man's Sky 2.0? Yes. Okay, well, here's all the ways it's not No Man's Sky 2.0. Well, how dare they? What? What's happening? I, I'm confused. What do you what what do you want? Todd mentioned that there are space stations to find and visit. There is space combat, smuggling, and a bunch of gameplay that was mentioned as the reasons for space flight. No, no, no. I know. I want that fleshed out a little bit more, that's all. I just want that fleshed out a little bit more. I just want to know a little bit more. You know what I mean? Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right here. Yeah, the people that compared it to No Man's Sky. Right. As more details come out, they're like, well, it's not like No Man's Sky. There's so much... There's much more nuance than that, Lono, and those people aren't all the same. You know that. Right, but look how quickly the narrative shifts, Eugene. Don't you think it's interesting? Don't you think it's interesting? I'm not forcing a dichotomy. I'm showing you how the narrative changes, and it's always negative. When we have almost no details, what's the negative narrative? It's just, look at the headlines. It's ugly No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky 2.0. Seems like it's just another No Man's Sky. Seems like it's budget No Man's Sky. Let's just launch into a negative narrative. Let's just do it. We, We know virtually nothing, but here we go. Oh, we're getting details? Okay, cool. Let me take these glasses off. All right. Let me put these glasses on. <laughs> How do I view this negatively? <laughs> well, funny enough, just two days ago, everybody was saying it was basically just No Man's Sky, but this significant feature of No Man's Sky is lacking, and therefore I'm going to use No Man's Sky now as an indictment of this game's quality. Like, it's 
it's insistent it's an insistence on the negative it's like it's just a negative narrative no matter what the frick you do it doesn't matter if bob says it's just no man's sky 2.0 and then steve walks in the room two days later and is like well it's not like no man's sky so it sucks like yeah they're two different people with completely two different outlets it's the magnetism to negativity it's negativity magnetism there's a there's a, there's a hybrid word there we could come up with negative magnetism negativism just negativism just like oh i'm going to stick to this negative narrative i'm just going to stick to this negative we know no we know so little about the game we haven't even touched the game and it's already decried as a failure by so many people i went from show's promise to this is getting worse the more we find out based on one aspect of the game lacking all those all those rpg elements the skill trees the crafting and the modification to the shift all that's out the window because you can't fly from planet to planet that's it that's the straw easy does it with a ten dollar tip through super chat no man's sky has all the seamless traveling and yet no story and barely any extensive combat starfield will have the contrary on day one completely two different games what's the argument here thank you for the ten dollar tip through super chat very generous the argument is it's either too much no like No Man's Sky or not enough like No Man's Sky. Pick your poison. Red pill or blue pill? Is it too much like No Man's Sky? And just a thoughtless ripoff? I saw in my Discord last night expressions like it's just copy-paste. I had somebody in my chat just the other day. Other than the graphical differences, it's just it's just No Man's Sky. That's the only differences is the graphics. It's the graphics, okay? It's just copy-paste. So that's one pill you can take. You know, you jump on that hate train. Just No Man's Sky, copy-paste, nothing original, no, nothing creative. It's it's just copy-paste, thoughtless nothing. And, and that's, you can get on that. Right? Greg's opinions don't count. Why? Because he shows up once a month to hate on everything? And then the, the other train of thought you can get on is... Well, it's lacking features that I expected to be there be, be, because of No Man's Sky. With all due respect, I think that Bethesda fans are somewhat justified by being pessimistic. Googly, I addressed that earlier. I addressed that earlier. If, if you're going to be apprehensive or concerned based on Bethesda's past I'm okay with that I haven't taken issue with that at all right I, I have I, I don't take issue with that I'm talking about the people that are drawing conclusions they're like game sucks games DOA games copy paste no man's sky game basically has no purpose to flying game is uh, all the planets are going to be worthless I would imagine, I would imagine, with the way they're doing the planets and the way they talked about it, you're going to think of it in this realm. And this is why people have to think differently. You have to think within the rule sets of the game, okay? If you think within the rule sets of the game, then the game can flourish as it was designed. This is how I think, this is again theory. They have a hundred planet systems, right? And I'm fairly certain during the presser, Howard said there's at least one planet in every system that is, what did he say? He used a word. I don't know what word he used. I'm going to use 
good. There's one good planet per system. So when you go to a system, you're kind of trying to figure out where's the lush planet, where's the bountiful planet, where's the planet rich in resources, where's the planet that's going to get me what I want. Yeah, Goldilocks. Did he say Goldilocks? Was there one Goldilocks per system? So you have to adjust your expectations. If you're expecting to go to a thousand planets and have... 990 planets that are amazing, mind-blowing, and you're wetting yourself. You have to wear a diaper. The game's so exciting. If that's what you're expecting, that th- what the heck? Why would you even think that? It's more about visiting the star system, and that star system has a, a planet rich in resources that's barren. Here's a Goldilocks planet. Here's a planet that's hostile, right? It's you, you, uh, That's how, the way he phrased that, I was like, it's about the star system itself, not each individual planet. So to me, it's like, everybody's already jumping to a presumptive conclusion about the planets. And I'm like, but that's not, you're, th- you're, th- you're thinking about it all wrong. Like, I literally, when he said the 100 star systems and the 1,000 planets, I was like, that's pretty reasonable for this game. It's, you know, it's an RPG. It's it's not it's uh it's not a procedurally generated universe like No Man's Sky. He didn't say one per system. He said there were some Goldilocks planet. I would imagine the vast majority will be barren because that's just obvious. He said something about one per system. I swear to frick he did. I swear he said something. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I swear to you he said one something per system. So one good planet per system, which means approximately only a hundred good planets out of a hundred, a thousand. But again, we're using the word good as if we know what that means, Doom Slayer. Let's say you go to star system four. You're in like the fourth star system that you visited and you're looking for resources A, B, and C. And there's a barren planet, but boy, oh boy, it's got a ton of those resources. So you go down to that planet and you get those resources and it speeds up your mission quite a bit okay maybe you get into a scuffle or a fight and then you leave that planet now somebody might say that's not a good planet why well it's barren there's nothing there it's like i had to get these resources it actually was pretty great it actually gave me what i what i needed right like 100 good planets would be a ridiculous amount of content, by the way, for an RPG. Yes, and what Watts is saying is where I was going next. You, are you going to visit all 100 systems? Yeah? And are you going to land on all 100 of the good planets and spend a ton of time there? Yeah? Doesn't that sound awesome? Doesn't, doesn't that sound awesome? What are you saying? What are you saying? 100 star systems, and you visit all of them you take months to do it and there's a hundred awesome cool sweet lush planets and you're like man this sucks i wish there would have been 200 what the frick is wrong with you that sounds incredible we're so spoiled we are so spoiled you're good you you're literally you're literally saying that something awesome isn't quite awesome enough like i'm not even saying that's the reality by the way by the way i'm not fanboying and saying there's going to be a hundred awesome planets but like the fact that that's not good enough what 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 if i'd have come to 
to you five years ago. I'm like, bro, there's a space game coming out. There's a hundred star systems. Every star system has a planet worth visiting. There's a hundred awesome planets. It's going to take like months to see it all and track it all and build it all and grow your character. Start a second character. I'm on my seventh character. I'm from the future, bro. Would you be like, a hundred? <laughs> Call me when it's 500. <laughs> this is freaking scrub. What game? What game are you even talking about? A hundred good planets. <laughs> Jonathan with a 50 spot. Maybe a five spot. I don't know what that is. I, I don't understand why the extraction tool has to be in any existing space game. By the way, how many planets will be procedural? Why a thousand plus hugs? I don't know. Actually. I don't know. When they say that a game has a thousand visible planets, a 40-hour story, hundreds of side quests, buildable bases, customizable ships, it's going to be DOA is ludicrous. Absolutely stupid. That's what I'm saying. There's so much. It's a full, it's a big game. We haven't even played it yet. Doesn't that sound awesome was the only thing I could think of as a response. How does that not sound awesome? It blows my mind. You're you're already angry. You haven't even played it yet. Not everybody. Not everybody. You, the, the, you, those of you that are concerned because it's Bethesda, I'm not ranting at you. I'm not ranting at you. He was talking about the types of planets you can explore. From barren, but resource-heavy ice balls to Goldilocks planets with life. Did he? So did he not go... Man, oh man, I swore he said something about, like, every system would have at least one planet worth visiting or something. I swear to frick he said something like that. If I dream that up, if I dream that up, then I gotta retract that. He didn't? Dadgummit. Let me find the spot in the video. Hang on. Hang on. Because listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. If you... If you kind of bristle at the idea of traveling to star systems and every planet sucking and you being like, well, that was dumb. And then you go to another star system and you're like, well, that was dumb. Homie, I'm on your side. I agree with you. But we don't know if that's the rule set that they've applied. Let me give you an example in just a second. Easy does it with a $5 tip through Super Chat. The gunplay looks pretty bad. Really want to see more gore. I mean, I don't care much since I really want those RPG elements to be the focal point. Yeah, the RPG elements are the focal point. For me, the gunplay does look bad, and I've said that. I actually think the gunplay looks like Fallout with a, with a space skin on it. I, the Fallout gunplay was fine, but not good. It's like it passes. It's like it doesn't feel polished. It never has. All the planets are procedurally generated. BGS has done this for all their terrains in every game they've ever made. It's about the handcrafted elements added after. Stormkiller with a three-month milestone. He did say every system will have at least one good planet, but he's not saying every system will have just one. All right, hang on. Hang on a second. Listen. No Man's Sky did an update because this was a complaint in No Man's Sky, Okay. People are like, man, this guy's crazy. He's fired up. This is just kind of what we do here. I get ramped up. I get passionate. I do my absolute best to keep it respectful as long as you're respectful. I, I smacked some people today because they deserved it. They were asking for it. They like, they like, you know, nudged me and said, grab the bat. Hit me with it, daddy. And I did. But, like, I, 
this is just a, a, a common trope in gaming that I've kind of become accustomed to covering these games, covering games for seven or eight years. And this was a complaint in No Man's Sky. The complaint in No Man's Sky was that you would spend all these times going to planets, you'd visit seven planets, and everything looked derpy and stupid. Plant life was dumb, the, 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 the animals would be stupid. Oh, look at that great big dinosaur. And he'd turn around and be like, he'd have like a tennis ball for a head, and be like, my name's George. And you're like, what the frick? Like, I thought that was going to be awesome. I thought that was going to be epic. You know, so, so... No Man's Sky implemented rule sets to the procedural generation that made planets have way more plant life, way more animal life, and then they added rule sets to make the animals look cooler, okay? So they decided, let's not go for, you know, realism here. Let's go for, we gotta have, there's gotta be a cool factor. And they nailed it. Okay, when you go to planets now in No Man's Sky, it's awesome. Most of the time. It's awesome. Even if you're like, this planet sucks, I'm getting a frick out of here. I'm getting out of here. I want to see what he said about the planets. Let's just watch this section. You can land in New Atlantis, but you can also land and explore anywhere on the planet. And it's not just this planet. It's all the planets in the system. From barren but resource-heavy ice balls to Goldilocks planets with life. And not just this system, but over a hundred systems. Over 1,000 planets, all open for you to explore. We can't wait. Okay, okay. Okay, he doesn't say it. He doesn't say it. I think I imagined it because he looked at one system and he said, this system has a barren planet rich with resources and it has a Goldilocks planet and I thought well every system will you know probably try to have at least one of each maybe okay now I'm not going to presume they're going to do that okay that's a question they need to answer that's a question they need to answer because that's a valid concern hey Todd you know you talking about a hundred systems you're talking about a thousand planets uh how many of those planets are going to suck balls, you know? And is that going to be... No, yeah, I presumed it. I did. That's exactly why I just went fact-finding, because I was like, I want my presumptions, I want my predictions, I want my theories to be rooted in something. It's not rooted in anything, it's been uprooted. That's. This is what you do when you're striving to be intelligent and thoughtful, right? Uproot your own presumptions, which I just did. So that's a question that they should answer. Like... Am I going to visit seven star systems in a row and want to jam my eyeballs out because every planet was a barren dust ball, right? Again, they could do or learn from No Man's Sky and say, listen, apply rule sets to the star systems. Every star system has to have a this and a that. So there's at least something gained or benefited from like no one's gonna want to explore your dadgum game if they explore seven star systems and they land and it's bunch of snow and nothing bunch of sand and nothing bunch of trees and nothing right that's a perfectly fine it was in it was the IGN interview okay somebody find me the quote I swear I'm not imagining this I swear I saw this every system would have a planet worth visiting or something like that I didn't dream this up I, I cover lots of games, so sometimes I think that happens. I think I literally have dreams about covering games. 
Is it in the IGN interview? And what's the quote if it is? Baba Yaga with a $5 tip. Todd said, "Is this is the most handcrafted game they have made. Those words coming from the creators of Skyrim get me excited. Can't help it. Thank you for the $5 tip. I swear I saw this somewhere. It's like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dreaming. I don't think I'm dreaming this up. I'm happy to concede and say, oh, they didn't say it. I, I, I baked it in. Yeah, Todd Howard's been coming into my dreams in that leather jacket and nothing else. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding around. If you guys have hit subscribe today, thank you so much for doing that. We've gained over 100 new subscribers today um, and the subscriber count just won't, will not stop. So thank you so much for joining our community here. Again, I am a safer work broadcaster. I get fired up. I might yell. I might scream. I might throw my hands in the air. I might remind you of a preacher. But, but I keep it safe for work. We do our best not to attack people here. Like, you know, we may rib each other if we're longtime, you know, friends and, and, uh, and we know, we, you know, we have understandings. But, but uh, you can come in here and disagree with me all day long. You will notice, like, I think one person got banned because they were being nasty. We have not banned anybody that's been disagreeing with me. Come here and disagree with me all week long. We absolutely freaking love it. This game will be criticized no matter what, says Kyle. People expect every planet to be almost its own game. Let's reel in those expectations since that would be impossible for any company to do. You know what's funny, Kyle? I can see both futures. I'm like Doctor Strange. If they would have come out and said (laughs) there's a hundred planets instead of a thousand, that wouldn't have been enough. A hundred planets? No Man's Sky's got 18 quintillion. The frick? They say a thousand planets. They say a thousand planets, and it's like, oh, they're all gonna be crap then. It's like what? It's it's kind of like you can't win. I get more dirty looks at work for all the screaming rather than a couple cuss words. <laughs> uh, they're like, why is that? Why is that American guy over there just screaming his head off? 18 quintillion garbage cans. That's actually so not true. It's just not true. Trying to understand. Didn't mean to be a douche. Oh, was he asking for clarity on something? Asimo, the tweet at Todd Howard and tell him how what he said was dumb. What did he say? Oh, 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 oh. You guys are relaying. If they procedurally generated the planets and then save them and put a map in each game, then this is a bit of a strange way of saying it's procedurally generated. Yeah, that's the part that I'm foggy on. How is it procedurally generated? So is your game going to be dramatically different than mine then? Like, like, are you going to go to completely different planets than me? Essentially? Is your Goldilocks planet going to be, you know, Zeta 5? And is my Goldilocks planet going to be, you know, Theta 2? I don't know. Like, how is that even going to work? The planets are not random. Then what's procedural about it? What's procedurally generated if the planets aren't random? It was only used for initial creation. Starfield includes more handcrafted content than any Bethesda game alongside its procedural galaxy. 
they procedurally generate a planet and then they put it in the game and then they do it with their maps now in their games and they build on top oh thank you thank you I didn't know how that worked I did not know how that worked that's one of the first things I'll admit is when I don't freaking know something I'm like huh what the frick huh like I'll be the first to be like I don't know how that works no man's sky is procedurally generated but it uses seeds and the system is there but it's not generated until the player finds it once generated it generates the same for all players that's yeah right 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 you stumble upon it it bursts into life and now it's there for everybody right correct because they're all just data points and then the game generates the worlds according to the data points like the planet's not sitting on a server somewhere the data points of the planets are there you go to the planet and the game says oh this planet has these seven data points for the 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 animals and these eight data points for the plant life it's freaking no man's sky is a technical marvel it absolutely is like i absolutely love what they did with that game yeah where is this quote with the one good planet per system i swear to frick he said not every planet has to be interesting you may like a planet because of the sunset or moons in the sky in it so i guess 98 percent of them will be almost useless for 98 percent of the people playing this here's my question augustus let's say you find a planet that's barren or there's not a lot on it they showed a pretty barren planet in the trailer and they showed a guy building stuff on it building like power generators that were spinning and like a whole little setup and then a base and then a person running the base like you you see what I'm saying I think we might be thinking too unidimensionally you're thinking that planets should look awesome that might be too simplistically you're might you might be thinking about the data points of planets as needs to look cool needs to have cool stuff on it right they may be like no you you might find a planet that you can just mine for insanely beneficial resources and it looks like a piece of crap but you set all this great stuff up and then you get the frick out and then that's serving the RPG element of the game do you see like we're thinking so unidimensionally it's like well planets should be awesome I mean that's the point in No Man's Sky right you land the planet's pretty it's awesome you get a bunch of resources and you get the frick out you take pictures of the plants you take pictures of the, the animals and you get money for that and then you leave it's like National Geographic for some people it was during the initial showcase when they showed the planets right after the dogfight scene I just watched it we literally just watched it he didn't say anything about there being one planet per system worth visiting no one wants a barren planet yes but Sauron let me let me engage with what you're saying because it's ludicrous and you might not realize why it's ludicrous let me paint you a different picture we have a thousand planets every single planet is absolutely bursting with life and it's lush and insanely full of uh, resources and animals and plants you know what people would say gee money Christmas that's what why that's not realistic I'll never be able to do all that. That's too much of a good thing. You can't have light without dark. You can't have lush without barren. It's like in a game with randomly rolled weapons that drop on the ground. Or like a game like Borderlands, or really any game with randomly dropped weapons, Diablo or the like. You need to have bad so that the good shines. This is, this is the discussion we have all the time. This is so, so similar to loot-based games. 
loot-based games, they're like, well, there's so much crappy loot. Yes, of course, because the good loot has to be able to shine in the pile. I found it from barren but resource-heavy ice balls to Goldilock planets with life, and not just a system, but over 100 systems, over 1,000 planets, all open for you to explore. We just listened to that. He didn't say anything about each system being worth visiting. I thought there was a quote where he said, every system will have a planet worth visiting, or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. We can't find the quote. Barren means no plant or animal life, but probably tons of resources. Right, he literally points to a barren but resource-heavy ice ball, meaning you might go to that ice ball and set up a mining colony facility and just make a ton of money off of it, and then you never go back to it. You're again. You're thinking so unidimensionally. You're like, no. If a if a if a plant if a, if, a, if a planet is barren, it's worthless. What? No. A barren planet could be incredibly useful to you. You don't know. You've not played the game. I watched the interview before the stream. There was no quote like the one Lono was talking about. I'm telling you, I must have dreamed it up. Nobody can find it. Nobody can find the quote. Most of the planets in No Man's Sky are boring and mountains full of the same crap on a different planet. I actually think the planet diversity is really, really good. What What's that, Stormkiller? Can you give me a choice quote? I don't want to go read an entire article. Read my two-part comment above. Alright, hang on, Zubair. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? They sold this wrong. They should have said, we have five planets with multiple cities for the main quest, but wait, we also have 10 more planets with one major city, but wait, we also included 20 colony worlds with wilds you can explore, but wait, we also included 900 extra worlds you can explore for resources. Maybe the framing, yeah, maybe that kind of framing would have helped, Zubair, I don't know. It's in the IGN phone call interview with Todd. He just talks about Goldilocks planets. On launch, most No Man's Sky planets were barren, but now they're pretty good. Have you ever played a fully modded Skyrim or Fallout? Most of the fans that are excited for this game are excited for it. it will eventually what it'll eventually be, not what it is at launch. That makes the planets worth visiting, almost like Minecraft. It's like finding a cave system with no diamonds and going, this game's trash, every cave system isn't worth mining. Yes. Yeah, we've all been... Yeah, the Mandela effect. We're all having the Mandela effect. Yeah, there's four major cities. What Zubair was saying is establish the central... like Almost like rings of quality. Like, here's the central city hubs. Here's the planets and colonies. Here's these types of planets. And then way out here on the fringes, there's all these other planets with resources. That's kind of what Zubair was doing. This article is about what a Goldilocks planet is. Okay, but does he talk about the likelihood of finding a Goldilocks planet? Does he talk about the, 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 the beneficial nature of going to a star system? Right? The, the question on the table, okay? I appreciate you guys all going out and trying to find the quote for me. That's extremely kind. I don't think it exists, okay? So the question on the table is, how many star systems do I have to visit before I feel like it was worth my time? And if the answer to that is one, 
then that sounds pretty good. If there's a hundred star systems and they added things to the game to ensure that every star system has some benefit or reason to be there in varying degrees, sure, every star system can't be equal. This star system may have like one planet that's really good and the rest were kind of eh, and then the next star system, that's got three bangers in it, right? We also care for to let you know that's what the procedural content is so if you look at space you know there's a lot of ice balls in space so that was one of our big design considerations on this game is what's fun about an ice ball and it's okay sometimes if ice balls aren't uh, it is what it is we'd rather have them and say yes to you hey you can land on this here are the resources you can survey it and then you can land and spend 10 minutes there and be like okay now I'm going to leave and go back to the other planet that w- that has all this other content on it I'm going to follow this quest line so we're pretty careful about saying here's where the fun is here's this kind of content but still say yes to the player and you want to go land on that weird planet check it out and build an outpost and live your life there and watch a sunset because you like the view of the moon for uh, the moons go there uh, go for it we love that stuff doesn't this quote imply there will be plenty of content rich planets and they will let you know where they are that's exactly what that quote implies yes Pilocter, thank you for the dollar tip through super chat I don't have a problem with not flying into the planets. My issue is them saying it's not important. That's akin to the Apple taking, axing the headphone jack and saying, yeah, people don't need those. No, 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 no. I push back on that, Pilocter, for one simple reason. If there would have been an interview where Sean Murray said, we didn't spend a bunch of engineering time building a robust deep weapon system with lots of different weapons because it's not important to the player he's not speaking for you he's speaking about a hypothetical player in no man's sky like if that interview existed it would make sense you'd be like yep you don't need a ton of guns in no man's sky so when 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 todd howard says that he's not presuming what you want he's saying in the world that we built in the game that we built that's not important to you it's a space rpg There's no reason for you to seamlessly fly between the planets because there's nothing there. We didn't build a game like that. This isn't No Man's Sky. It's not important to you. Why have a thousand planets when you can only explore a small portion of a planet? Again, they've not said that, have they? Have they said that you can only explore a small portion of each planet? Has that been actually stated? As someone who has played plenty of Stellaris and tried to manage empires with hundreds of star systems, there is so many. People are underestimating how much a hundred is. The point is not to visit 1,000 planets. The point is to be able to go anywhere you want. That's exactly what he's just said in that interview, Noah. Exactly. You can go to every and any planet you want. And he says in the interview, we're going to let you know where the good stuff is. But if you want to go to that weird planet... You want to build over there? You want to build your summer home on a lava pit? Go for it. They quite literally said you can explore the whole planet. Yeah, they've said that. They've said the opposite of only explore a small portion. You can land anywhere on the planet. Right. In the gameplay trailer, he said you can land anywhere on the planet. Okay, there you go. So get, get out of here with that falsehood. That's not true. The video you just stated, the play just stated you can travel all over it. There you go. Thank you. Okay. So, you, you, again, man, this is, this is what's so, this is what's so draining about this. We have to let them define the terms. We have to let them define the terms before we start to say good or bad. It's like, 
We built a world and a universe with rules. Those rules will help you flourish in the game. If they inform you that this star system has one or two planets that are going to be great for you, and this star system has four planets that are going to be good for you, you can choose where you want to go. And when you get to a star system, he's saying, we're going to let you know, you know, hey, like, there's stuff over here for you to do. He says, we're careful about saying, here's where the fun is, here's this kind of content, but still say yes to the player. If you want to go land on that planet and check it out and build an outpost, you can. They're going to let you know so that you don't frivolously spend your time. You will be an informed player. You're not going to be like in the dark. Like, I got tricked into landing on six planets in a row with nothing. I mean, look at this. All you have to do is look at this screenshot right here. When, when you look at a planet, when you look at a planet, you have the type, how much has been surveyed, gravity, temperature, atmosphere. Look, water, heavy metal, mag, magnet, I, I don't know how to say that. Magnetosphere, magnetosphere. How do you say that? Magnet, I can't do it. That's so weird. Magnetosphere, atmosphere, atmosphere, magnetosphere. What the frick? Fauna none, flora none. So you're not going to land on this planet and be like, Dad Gummit, I thought there was going to be plant life and, and, and animals here. It's telling you there isn't. Magneto? Magnetosphere. Magnetosphere. Thank you. Like Magneto. Thank you. I needed a comic book reference. I've never seen that word before. The Magnetosphere. Who's honestly going to 100% all the planets? With all that choice, I think the meta will be more interesting when players discuss their paths where they went and discovered. Homie, there will be people that go to every planet, all 1,000. That'll be their that'll be their choice. Yes. Yeah. 365 days in a year. If they visit three planets a day, they got it. They got it. There will be people that do that. Yep. They'll spend... They'll spend a year, half a year, nine months, however the frick long, and they'll they'll visit every single dadgum planet. There'll be people to do that. There'll be an achievement probably for it. There'll be an achievement for visiting every star system, and there'll be one for every every planet. This is why you need your science teacher brother around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. I think you're going to be here in the right window. Like a Friday night stream is going to be bonkers. That'll be funny. That'll be really funny. Guys, do me a favor. Don't go anywhere. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Let's get some coffee orders. Let's get some new members. Let's get some gifted members. We've hit a ton of great milestones. There's a ton of great names in chat. There's a ton of new people here. Welcome them with some gifted members. I want to know in chat right now where you're going to focus your attention in Starfield. When I get back, we'll talk about it. Are you going to focus on the flying, the combat, exploration, RPG? How are you going to approach this game when you play it? I'll be right back.
Sorry, chat. I totally had to go be a dad. Like, I went upstairs to use the restroom quick, and then I realized it's going to be a scorcher today, and nobody's got their their doors or rooms set how we need to set them to keep the house cool. Uh, it's already 89. Because, like, my daughter's room is the central room in the house, and it gets the coldest. And if you keep her room open to the one hallway where the thermostat is, and then you run the ceiling fans in all the rooms, and then you open the basement door to let the cold air come up and kind of hit the sunroom door. The house stays way cooler, and the AC doesn't have to kick on as much. I go upstairs, and, like, everything is wrong. <laughs> it's like, doors are closed, uh, ceiling fans are off, I'm, and, and they're gone. I'm like, you dadgummit, you guys! So as a dad, like, kind of, like, huffing through the house, <laughs> and then my daughter's room, the one door was locked... So I was like, oh, like I'm right. <laughs> it was such a dad moment. You know what I mean? I'm also in dad temp control mode now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We figured it out. Like I was like, I kind of looked at the house and kind of felt the rooms and it was like, I think if we do this, the house will stay way cooler. And so I, I tried it one Sunday. We like left. We went to church. We came back and I was like, oh my gosh, it made a huge difference. Like every room was cooler. The AC wasn't running as often. As a dad, you make sure all the doors are locked at night. Yeah, I did that once, and my son was like, "Why do you do that?" And I was like, "Cause that's what you're supposed to do." I said, "If I'm never not if I'm ever not here, I said you make sure all the doors are locked." And he was like, "Okay, <laughs> he's six, but you know, planting those seeds now, brother. Got to make sure everybody's safe, homie." My girls constantly leave stuff on. Wife messes with the thermostat constantly. Most frustrating thing ever. Yeah, we don't war over the thermostat. My wife and I agree on a temperature. That's not it. It's that you can do a couple of things and the house stays way cooler. Because, like, I used to sit down here and roast. And then we, we, we changed some things. And now my office stays really cool. The house stays cool. We did it. We successfully have warred against the 90s, like the 90 degree temps. So we don't get murdered horribly in our street. Sleep, buddy. Well, good night, sweet dreams. <laughs> Why do you lock the doors? Why do you make sure the doors are locked, Dad? Well, I don't want us to get murdered, you know. <laughs> He's six, but he'll remember. It's that trust implied in that. He'll check if you're not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Girlfriend has autoimmune and she prefers it to be 78 to 79. I'm like, no, how about 68? Jeepers. I'd be buying her hoodies, snuggies, and slippers, man. I wouldn't be able to do that. Well, I would not be able to do that. When my daughter complains it's cold, I'm like, you're you're in a t-shirt, shorts, no socks. You can't complain about it being cold. You can do things to, to make yourself feel more warm. You can put a jacket on. You can put pants on. You can put socks on. I am not gonna roast the house because you refuse to wear any clothes you know a t-shirt and shorts that's great when you're outside if you're cold in my house put a jacket on thermal pain for windows can save you like $200 in cooling my dad paid back the investment from buying them in two years yeah I want to look into that havoc we got other things we have to buy for the house first I want to look into that though because we do we I want to do that to our sunroom and see what it'll do because that sunroom's unbearable. Like, you can't keep it cool. You gotta run an AC unit in there, like, all day almost. Right? 
Sub just to say 10 out of 10 better dad than I had. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, we want to, we got to replace the fridge and the oven at some point, And we just haven't been, you know, after everything that happened two years ago, like it took us, it took us a year just to buy furniture for the living room. Like you just, we had to cut all that. We had to cut all that. We had all these things we were, we were looking at buying and replacing and we've had to put all that on hold. No, we didn't get the driveway done. We had the driveway sealed with that black stuff, but that's another thing. Eventually, we want the whole thing torn up and, and relayed because it's 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 it'll be bad. You know, in ten years, it'll be a dadgum disaster. But we did. We had it sealed. Roommate and I always quip about the temp in the apartment. Yeah, I'm still in long sleeve t-shirts and thick jumpers. I'm always cold. Yeah, my wife was that way, and then she had children, and she's like, and they ruined my. <laughs> my body temperature so now she's like me now we agree that like oh it's hot so thankfully you know that uh we we've we've met we've met in the middle on the temperatures because she used to always be cold she still is colder than me most times tar no it's not this tar thing it's like they fill in the cracks with maybe it is tar with the crack fill then they spray this stuff over top i don't know we did that for now as a stopgap, basically, to keep it from getting way worse. <clears throat> I hope there's like a leading of faction. Near the end of the video was when I got all the Fallout impressions. So, like, near the end of the Starfield gameplay reveal, they started showing there's like factions. I was like, oh, this is Fallout right here. Like, you can align with the factions. You can, like, you can decide who you want to kind of go with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I 100% think that is, uh, that is coming. That's going to be a significant portion of the game. Like, a, a, a significant portion of, like, what you do with your character. Yeah, I think so. So what you're saying is to be warm, I should have kids. Not sure my husband would go for it. I'm not, no, that's not a guarantee. <laughs> that's not a guarantee. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> it might not work. It might not work. According to the video, everyone starts off with one faction and then can branch off of a jump point. Oh, so you do start with the default faction. Interesting. Hmm. We got a ton of new viewers today. I want to see where they all came from. Not really search. We got a we got a, a very small amount of search for Starfield. We got a ton of recommend. No, we didn't get a ton of recommend. It was almost all browse. So a ton of you new folks today. If it was your first time hanging out, discussing, subbing, if you enjoyed the content, you've enjoyed your time here. We're gonna we're not shutting down or anything. But if I was just kind of on your homepage and recommended, and you clicked and came in and subbed and had been a part of the conversation, thanks so much for doing that. We do have members only content that we do on Thursday afternoons and Friday nights so we recently hit a milestone of like 1600 members we've unlocked a ton of emotes I do streams on Friday nights with my wife and then we do a community game night once a month if you become a member right now you can go back and watch the past broadcasts of the streams with my wife they're hilarious and you can join us on the 24th of this month for a huge uh, a huge members-only night with Fall Guys. It's finally coming to all platforms. It's just not going to be on mobile, but it is coming to all platforms, all consoles, and PC. Free to play, totally cross-play, 
and we'll be doing a members only community game night on the 24th hilly is coming back he was my funny uh british co-host friend that we did a bunch of games together he had to step away from friday nights because it just didn't line up with his schedule it was really rough he was staying up super super late we were having drinks and laughing and he doing that every friday was kind of rough for him but it was an amazing time my wife since then has joined friday nights and uh, we did finish the quarry it was a uh it was quite the conclusion is all i'll say uh it's quite the conclusion the stream was not the same without hilly shut up abe uh, let's see here. Let's go live. I got to schedule the next thing. We were going to look at Redfall gameplay and gameplay details today. I bumped that show because the Starfield stuff hit, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, everybody's talking about Starfield. Everything is trending. The Todd Howard interview was trending. And I was like, well, we got we to gotta change course here. I was like, we got to change course here. Um... And I'm glad we did, because we had another massive day for the channel. Tons of new uh, subscribers. Um, and we hope we hope a lot of you new subscribers turn into daily watchers where you hang out. Treat me like that daily podcast. Multiple shows a day. We have a show about all the Assassin's Creed stuff coming. Uh, we have a radio show that is a news rundown. Uh, and we do our best to fill your day with quality, safe-for-work, radio, podcast-style content where you can just kind of throw me on in the background. And we appreciate it so, so much. And I'm scheduling the next stream. It'll be in a while from now, about about half an hour. We finished a quarry in one sitting. No, we actually did three streams. We did a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night stream. The Sunday night stream was the shortest. It was the shortest, but... We enjoyed it so much. We gave people three. Uh, we we gave people three. Um, what is this? Oh, everybody's responding to my tweet from earlier. We gave you guys three uh, three streams. It was fun. It was a really good time. Great reasons to become a member. It supports me directly. We don't really run ads as a live stream, by the way. Like, as soon as I talk about ways to support the stream and you can become a member and all this, everybody leaves because YouTubers, YouTube viewers are just not accustomed to that spending culture. And I'm just going to be awkward and tell you that that spending culture needs to be fostered for live streams because live streams do not do not pull in ads. Uh, it's one of the reasons that the purple platform Twitch is motivating everybody to run ads because... They, they don't make anything on the ads because they don't run enough. And for us to continue doing what, our, what we're doing, uh, we, we've got to have members, which we're extremely thankful and grateful to all the generous members and the gifted members and the coffee orders. That's how we do what we do. So you just got almost a two-hour broadcast with no advertisements, periodically me doing a little little blip about like, Here's what we do. Press subscribe and like. Consider becoming a member. But overall, I'm not like hitting you uh, with ads almost ever. So if you've been enjoying the content and hitting subscribe, consider all those various ways of support. Yeah, I did see that distorted. I tweeted about that. I'm being told that's common and that's normal. And I'm like, no, it's not. Shut up. (laughs) No, it's not. Shut up. That's not common and normal. I have not played a co-op game in a really, really long time that does that. Borderlands 1, 2, the pre-sequel, Borderlands 3. Like, every Borderlands game pulls it off. Like, 
me not pro- progressing my campaign when I play with you is got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. It's just it's just so freaking stupid. I don't understand. Dying Light did that in their first game. I swear they fixed it. At least I was told they fixed it. It's so outdated. How is Redfall going to launch in 2023 and be that way? I don't, we'll, we'll have to save that for a Redfall gameplay stream because I want to do a similar stream of what we did today with Starfield and just break down the details, talk about the good, the bad, my concerns, and that co-op info. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Really? What year is it? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Like, it's co-op. Play with your friends. And then when you're done, go replay everything again because it didn't say what you did. Dying Light 2 is the same. It's the reason me and my friends didn't play co-op. That's absolutely stupid. Like, I can't believe Dying Light 2 doubled down on that. Why would you double down on that? It doesn't make any sense. Truly doesn't. Co-op progression just isn't important for the player. Oh, shut up, Eugene. Uh, 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 uh. What is this? Follow me on Twitter. Which controller in hand at five years? Dark Souls Elden Ring does the same thing. Well, but Dark Souls, Dark Souls and Elden Ring is not a co-op game. That's not the same. You don't play through that game co-op. And, and it's also not a campaign-driven game where you're, like, checking off checklists and boxes and everything else. You summon somebody in to help you. That's not the same at all. You keep the XP and loot, so I guess that's okay. Yeah, I can't wait to play with my buddy for three hours and then go back and replay all those same missions again and I'll be stronger. That'll be great. That won't feel frivolous and stupid. Thanks, man. Leveled up a bunch. I got a ton of loot. Let me go back and replay those missions completely over-leveled, turning it into a frivolous exercise of nothing but repeating the same progress in a completely mundane and rote way. just stupid man it's there's not like it's just absolutely dumb that's part and parcel to the game's progress you know what i'm saying it's not even comparable it's not even comparable to like oh you can't seamlessly fly between planets in starfield that's not comparable at all it isn't because that's not resetting your progress like literally having somebody play for three or four hours and have that literally not progress their game that means they have to go back and quite literally do all those things over again you not being able to fly through planets is a lack of a feature that's not a lack of like oh yeah you have to replay I would say the same thing if Starfield did that oh no yeah you can play with each other you can bring along a co-op buddy but it won't progress your story it won't progress your side quest yeah you're just there to help them why the frick would I want to do that? Unless you literally just want to like bring your friend, girlfriend, wife, sister, whatever along just to like play with you. Uh, yeah, Redfall. Yeah, Redfall's doing that. It, it's Dying Light 1 and 2 are that way. It just doesn't make an ounce of sense. It does not make an ounce of sense. Twice the time investment for the same progression. Yeah. It's not even twice the time investment because you're likely going to run... Let's say you play for three hours. 
you're going to level up and get stronger and get better loot. So you're going to go back and replay that section of the game and you're going to be playing significantly faster. You see what I'm saying? So it's not even like that. It's like that three hours is going to translate into, you know, significantly less. Letting co-op players share progression must be harder to pull off or every game would do it. I don't understand why you wouldn't just load up your game and say, sync with previous co-op session and you would say yes and it would go ding 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 and it would just check all those boxes progress all those story elements and you'd have your loot and XP you know you got the level 7 your level 7 player or whatever it would, would <laughs> huh isn't there a game where if you're the second player you don't even hear the cutscenes yeah, I don't know should give you the option for people that want to help their friend but progress their own game their own way or give you the option to progress together yeah do you want to do do you want to be a helper or do you want to be a companion like which do you want to be like they have to come up with terms right you want to be what is essentially a companion where you get no progress or do you want it to be a shared do, do you know shared progress or companion progress something like that Borderlands has it, but Redfall doesn't. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. Borderlands has been doing it for years, since Borderlands 1. I don't know what kind of development problem that would be. How old is Borderlands 1? How old is Diablo? Diablo 2, you could do that. Could you not? You could play with a buddy and progress your story, and then go play by yourself? Like, how old... How old's Diablo 2 and how old's Borderlands 1 1? I've heard arguments that it's to avoid you jumping into the last mission with your friend and unlocking endgame without playing anything else. I Yeah, I don't know. Which is a stupid argument. Yeah, as soon as I hear it, it just sounds so dumb. If someone wants to play like a dumb dumb let them. I remember playing through Borderlands 1 and my friends and I, we were dragging this guy through the end game and he was getting one shot because he just wanted to roll over into the second playthrough. It was so stupid. And But that's how he wanted to play. I was like, bro, why wouldn't you just play through the game? And that's what he wanted to do. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he just hid behind stuff the whole time. Dying Light 2 was so brown and yellow looking. This is a freaking complaint gamers had with the pre-HDR days as game engines don't support full color range as well. It's gross looking. Yeah, they land in like a color in like a color pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The days of power leveling your friends. Yeah, like power leveling, I just... Do you really need to stop people from power leveling to the point that, like, people can't just enjoy (laughs) co-op? Like, what are you actually achieving at that point? You know, what are you achieving at that point? It It doesn't feel like you're improving the game's quality. It feels like you're doing something that pulls away from the game's quality. You know, I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. We will have another game for you guys as well today. We've been hitting every channel. We've been hitting every channel. Uh, 
Yesterday we had a first look at the tarnishing of Juxtia. A lot of these little cool little indie games getting their demos. We will end up on Reforge Radio today as well. Even if they want to prevent power leveling, there's better ways to do that. Starfield is basically a real space. Space space is not colorful like you see in No Man's Sky. Real space is not colorful until you find planets that are colorful. That's actual space. Greetings. Let's get this straight. Uh, lazy devs are the problem here. In what in what game are you talking about where there's lazy devs? I'm going to push back a little bit on the whole real space thing, right? Like, there are plenty of games with cars and cities and traffic. And the more stringent that traffic is to make it feel real, the I think the less enjoyable it can be unless you are literally trying to play a sim game, right? Are you trying to play a sim game? Because if not, if not, then then what's the point? If it's not a sim game, why are you going for that level of realism? I think hints of realism are fine. But I think defending something just with, well, that's what space is like, that's not always the best that's not always the best answer. Are you in the Xbox Insider program? No. Following the traffic analogy, I don't want to play traffic jam simulator. Right, like you can have hints of realism in a game with driving. You can have hints of realism in a game with space. But if you're gonna be like, well, there's a thousand planets and 975 of them are absolute trash death balls, right? Then wouldn't you say, okay, we get that that's a real, we get that that's a somewhat real representation, but that's not going to make for a great game, is it? Like, you can go down the realism route to a fault, where the realism corrupts the fun. I was playing a little bit of Demon Souls and Returnal last night on PS Premium. Those games are incredible looking. Wish Elden Ring looked like Demon Souls in graphics. Yeah, they wanted Elden Ring to be multi-platform, so. It's also open world. Those are two challenges for it, hitting that level of graphical fidelity. Do you think we'll have Mass Effect type surface vehicles? Not initially, no. They've not given any indication for that. But I could see getting like little moon buggies and stuff like that. I can get on board with what you said earlier about flying to planets. So what are your concerns? I'm struggling to find the link between how much of the planet can we explore versus not. Well, the I think the idea of so my concerns about flying is is it gonna feel like a side game? Is it gonna be a fully orbed thing with purpose, intentionality, and things behind it? Why am I gonna spend all these resources? Pete Hines sits down for an interview and he says, Yeah, it's extremely expensive to invest in your ship multiple people watching the video with me said the same thing they were like holy moly look at all that currency up in the corner right so my concern is 
is it going to feel fleshed out and good? Will it be an extension of my RPG experience in a good way? Or is it going to feel like a side game where every once in a while I go up and I'm like, space battle, space battle, and then I go back to Earth. Or back to the planet, I'm sorry. That's my concern is like, I hope the flying has substance. Now we've been told there's space stations, there's reasons to be in outer space, there's the fighting, okay? So I, I, I'm, I'm assuming and presuming from that that they flesh it out and built good reasons to build your ship, grow your ship, empower your ship to be a strong fighter or a cargo ship or whatever. There'll be gameplay reasons for that because you're going to be on a planet and there's going to be people asking you to do missions and you're going to be like, well, I can't do that yet. My ship's not up to snuff right or ooh i really want to do that my ship can do that and it's going to be very very lucrative and rewarding i'm assuming that they're going to do that i i think that's a fair and safe assumption based on what we've seen and heard but it's a concern that it'll land as like a side game yeah i'm not trying to say that's what's going on eugene but you do know most of the tele- most of the pictures we have from like the hubble have been big time colorified big time to make them look pretty a lot of the pictures we have don't actually look like that they've been they've been big time colorified i'm not saying every picture but a lot of them have been space doesn't exactly look like what we think it does when we look at a lot of these pictures can't wait for someone to build the millennium falcon that's what i said even dogfighting there was hit mark issues listen the shooting with the guns I thought looked looked arguably not bad but very close to bad. I was like, I don't know about that. I thought the dogfighting looked fine. If Starfield has that many visible planets, we better be able to go to every building within the cities. I don't know about that. Pete also mentioned you can do the work on your ship yourself, gathering the materials needed and probably needing to have the skills to do so. That sounds awesome to me, says Vinny. Too awesome. It'll be dead space for most of us, just disingenuous. Oh, to assume it'll just be dead space for the most is disingenuous. Being that no developer does density in big spaces like Bethesda, good to be cautious, but you can't assume it's going to be dead. The on-ground combat in Starfield look really boring and ugly. I thought that was the weakest part of the showcase. I think the weakest part of the Starfield gameplay reveal was when he was shooting his gun. I was like, I don't know about that. Now again, they were low-level enemies and low-level guns, so who knows? As I level up and add attachments, maybe it smooths some of that out. I know that happened in Fallout, but Fallout also just didn't have the greatest shooting feel. Until recently, they added a red filter to any photos of Mars so the public would accept them were funny creatures. Yeah. It wasn't the frame rates. No, because here's the thing. Here's the thing, Abe. Frame rate and optimization is something that can be tweaked. If the game engine and the shooting looks and feels kind of bad, you can't fix that with a patch. That's why I find that to be the most concerning part of the video. The more I've watched it, the more I've been like, the frame rate stuff is concerning, but that can be adjusted with draw distance, texture fidelity, lighting fidelity. You can turn that stuff down and smooth out frame rate right gunplay feeling and looking kind of bad gunplay feeling looking kind of like fallout i'm like that's kind of an engine level thing and i never really like the shooting in fallout 
So I'm probably going to feel the same way about this game, right? I feel like there's a pretty big difference between the two things. It's like the pop-in in Forbidden West wasn't as annoying as what I felt were glaring problems in the combat because <laughs> it made it unfun. A tree popping in is kind of like, huh? Bad gameplay is kind of like, ugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's <laughs> a big difference. I'm, I'm going to turn the game off, you know, if the gameplay is bad. I find it funny that people assume space is drab and not colorful. But you're basing that off of pictures that have been colorified, Eugene. Like, we we don't have tons of evidence that there's lots of lush, awesome planets. Doesn't most of the evidence we have from space exploration and space study that most planets are icy, fiery, awful places that aren't pretty and colorful? Aren't most of them just icy, awful, just rocks? (laughs) Just, you throw a dart at a board and hit a planet, and it's probably an icy rock with nothing cool on it. Ice and fire doesn't equal drab. Yeah, but it certainly doesn't equal lush and colorful either. We're talking about space color. Can we all agree that the globe isn't round? Abe, come on. Look into my eye. Come on, Abe. Let's hope the gameplay loop will be prioritized. What do I say, MJ? What do I always say? The gameplay loop is God. All must be... All things in your game must be subservient to the content loop. If you disrespect that God, it will smite you. It will never fail to smite you if you do not serve it. If you don't serve the content loop, your game will fall to pieces. I don't care how pretty it is. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how many awesome, amazing features you've added. If you don't serve the content loop, your game will fail every single time. It's it's it, the, the content loop is undefeated. Content loop is undefeated. You either serve it or die. Colorful doesn't have to equal lush either. Yes, but so you're. I think what you're doing is somewhat responding to something that's. You're responding to something that no one's saying. People are defending the fact that there are barren planets, icy, dusty, just barren, uninteresting planets by saying, "Yeah, space is like that." And you're grabbing onto colorful and acting like, "Well, no, there's plenty of color in space." Okay, most of those pictures have been photoshopped to show color that isn't actually there. And second, what they're saying is true to an extent. Everything we know about space is that most of the planets are barren and cold or barren and hot. That's basically it. You know, or they're so gaseous that we wouldn't even be able to do anything. We wouldn't be able to see. You'd land and be like, I can't see anything. All I see is green, gray, brown fog. So that's what they were saying, and I'm not saying that's a good defense of a video game being full of icy rocks with no purpose. I'm saying you can have that element of realism in the game, you can go too far and it would ruin the gameplay experience. People thinking space is full of lush life or dumb. Right. They're one and see, this is what No Man's Sky did, right? No Man's Sky allowed players to shape philosophy, did they not? Let's be real here. No Man's Sky 
clutched to those pearls for a while and said, we want it to be random. We want it to be truly insane if you find a great planet. And the philosophy shifted over time because player feedback was, I'm, it's incredibly unlikely I'm going to find a planet that looks pretty, has great plant life, has animals that don't look like absolute derps, right? The philosophy at No Man's Sky modified itself over time to meet the meet the desires of the community. So, one would hope that fall, Fallout, that Starfield has considered that. They've considered, like, people don't really want to go to planets that look like garbage. You can have, those, you can have garbage planets, but people don't want to go to them all that much. And if they do want to go to them, they need to know it's garbage maybe before they get there. Todd Howard's interview team seems to tell me that. You're going to know where the goods is. Where the goods is? You're going to know where the good stuff is. You're going to know where the good stuff is. You're also going to know when you're going to a rock. And if you want to go to the rock and build your summer home, he says you you can do that. I love good techniques uh, from good countries, so maybe Starfield will be too much like Fallout. I think it's going to be Fallout in space. I mean, personally. That's where my expectations are. The ground combat for Starfield had bullet trajectory different from where the gun was aimed, bad AI scripting, and behavior sets. Well, you might be misunderstanding what's happening, Jeff. That's a thing in Fallout as well. Gun accuracy is a thing, and you get those laser guns, and they do. Their trajectories are... They do that. That's a thing. It's not It's not a... Um, it's not a perfectly 100% accuracy uh, hit scan. It's a cone... I believe they use a cone of accuracy similar to Fortnite, and the accuracy of the weapon shoots within that cone. And that cone gets tighter the more you upgrade and and mod the weapon. So what you were seeing was not like a glitch or a bug. That's part and parcel to combat in their game world engine and weapon systems. That's a thing in, in Fallout 4 right now. You go grab like the lowest level, most inaccurate like laser gun, and that's what it's gonna do. It's gonna go, you're gonna see trajectories that aren't it's not straight every time that's not what it does that's that's not that's now you might not like it but again that's part of the power fantasy that's part of the progression is your guns are rough and and rugged in the beginning they're inaccurate they're brute they're brute weapons they're they're brutish they just kind of get the job done and as you progress they get refined stronger and more accurate and hopefully cooler looking I don't get how people defend Bethesda. Their games are always broken. The fact that mods have to fix their games and fans are fine with a broken game on launch is confusing. What's more confusing is the idea that Bethesda is just wholly terrible given their history of RPGs with Skyrim, Fallout 3, and Fallout New Vegas. Like, I don't understand. Like, so, so even Fallout 4, no one, I don't think I've ever seen somebody act like Fallout 4's bugs were no big deal. But Fallout 4 was largely a success. We're basically letting Fallout 76 be their entire history. I, I, I find that to be very common, Smashville. My, my, the, the common thing that I've noticed is everybody takes Fallout 76 and they paint the entire Rolodex of Bethesda games with that brush. Yo, thank you for a five spot. Send Trevez Gaming. Here's my donation to your channel. Thank you. And they've really turned Fallout 76 around and have gotten significantly better response from the community. That doesn't justify the launch, 
but I don't know why people act like this company is a garbage can. Like, what? Huh? They have some of the most praised RPGs in history. I, I don't get it. In some in some respects, they're, a, they're the paragon of RPGs. I continue to love Sky, Skyrim, including its quirkiness. You have to look at Skyrim in context. It's like watching the first Terminator movie in context. You have to understand when it landed. Skyrim was 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 earth shattering industry disrupting it is hailed it is referred to as like a a generation defining game to a certain extent you're misunderstanding the bullet shoot from the gun not where it's point watch King Thrash's Starfield analysis it shows it the bullet shoot from the gun not where it's pointed that's how it worked in Fallout 4 Right? In Fallout 4, the the inaccuracy of the weapon caused that to happen. Unless I'm completely misunderstanding what you're saying. But here's the gun, and when I have a laser trajectory that goes like that, and like that, and like that, like that, and then some are straighter, that's something that literally happened in Fallout 4. A laser beam literally curled into an alien? Okay, do we know why? Do we know the stats on the weapon? Is there a perk? Is there a heat? Is there a heat tracking perk on the gun? I, we don't know why that's doing it. The bullets are flying like a foot above the gun. What he's saying is that the games released poorly and then they're fixed later. His question is, why are people okay with that? I don't. I don't know if anybody's ever been okay with that. Has anybody ever been okay with that? Like, so people go back and say, no, that was fine that they did that with Fallout 4 and Skyrim? I don't think anybody's ever said that. It's not an attack to say Bethesda is known for buggy games. No one's saying that's an attack. I feel like we're passing in the night because we're speaking in platitudes. We're, we're speaking in platitudes. Like, the, the, the thing that I interacted with The thing that Smash said, I don't get how people defend Bethesda. Their games are always broken. The fact that mods have to fix the games and fans are fine with a broken game on launch is confusing. That's just four platitudes in one one comment. So people are just defending Bethesda. Who's... What? They have a good history of making great RPGs. That's not defense. That's just establishing the history... You want to establish a history of them having buggy games. There's also a history of them launching some of the greatest RPGs ever made. Their games are always broken. Absolutist statement platitude. That's not true. They're not always broken. They've had games that are very buggy, and you could argue that 76 was broken, but Fallout 4 wasn't broken. Skyrim wasn't broken. The fact that mods, the fact, fact, that mods have to, necessitation here, have to fix the games and fans are fine with it, again, a platitude that's not true, they're fine with a broken game on launch, is confusing. That's what I'm saying. We're just speaking in platitudes. That comment is just this giant, huge platitude of, like, their games are always broken, and the fans have to fix them. What? What are you talking about? Every game they've made has been that way? Skyrim was broken and had to be fixed by the community. False. 
Fallout 4 was broken and had to be fixed by the community. False. Not true. It, you're, you're just you're speaking in, in the absurd. It's like we're just rewriting history now. Fallout 4 wasn't received to the same degree that Skyrim was, but Skyrim was received as a triumph. But now we look back broken and had to be fixed by the community. What? Huh? Yeah, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas. Abe gets it. Bethesda fans ignore the rough launches because eventually they do fix the game. So they're... Okay, so you're talking about a subset of the gaming community that you're claiming they just ignore the rough launches because it gets fixed eventually. Okay? So we're speaking about a hypothetical slice of people who just completely accept this as okay. That's why I said I I don't even understand the conversation that we're having. New Vegas was Obsidian. Oh, well, we can't mention New Vegas then. Okay, so Fallout, Fallout 3, Skyrim, and Fallout 4. Like, I am not a Bethesda fanboy. I'm not. I like I've I've not I've not been like I've not built my channel, my career, or anything playing their games or defending their games, but like when you speak in such just far reaching, broad brush platitudes, I'm like, you're not saying anything. Sorry I said broken, I should have said buggy. Okay, but let's say you said buggy. You also made it sound like they have to be fixed by the community. Is that true? Did Skyrim and Fallout 4 receive no quality of life updates or patches from the developers? Like, I'm just saying, we we live, we live in this, like, entrenched cynicism, and we justify it with, with very shaded, one-sided, historic, like, rewritten histories of, of companies. We do it in the positive and the negative. People look back on certain games and talk about them as if they were they were literal gods, which is rose-colored glasses. And then they look. You, you, we're gonna actually we're gonna sit here and look back on Fallout Four and Skyrim with like these tainted, cracked glasses of they were broken, buggy messes, and the community had to fix them. I played Fallout Four to completion. I played Fallout Four DLCs. Never once felt like the game was so bad, so buggy, so broken that I couldn't play it and needed to wait for the community to fix it. I never downloaded anything from the community in that game. Had a perfectly fine time with it. Same with Skyrim. There are some bugs that Bethesda never fixed in Fallout 4 and Skyrim, but they were minor bugs that barely matter and usually were compilations of tons of tiny bug fixes. Don't worry about being called a fanboy. If you have a slightly positive view on a game... These days, people will call you a fanboy with no argumentative, su- argumental, argumentative substance whatsoever. I feel like people get used to playing with mods, and then they say the base game is trash because people came and improved upon it. That doesn't make any sense. Innovation doesn't uh, undervalue invention. That's well said. That's well said. The reason why Fallout 4 is amazing is because of the community. Really? Really? So I had a good time with Fallout 4 and played it to completion and I had a good time with the Fallout DLC Fallout 4 DLC because of the community newsflash I didn't do anything with community mods in that game I had perfectly fine time 
you literally just just put on display what Emmanuel talked about. You've seen all these mods, and then you've concluded that all this great innovation from the community means that this game is a piece of crap. You didn't read the rest? I don't need to read the rest. I had a perfectly fine and enjoyable time with Fallout 4, and not once did I touch anything from the community. You don't need the community to look at that game and see it as a it's a good game. It's it's a good game. It 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 was well received. It was a well received game. Its Metacritic scores from the community are rough, sixes and fives, because of the bugs. Review outlets gave it eighties. So sure, sure, the bugs hurt its user score from the community, but I had a perfectly fine time with it. I didn't need to download a single mod from the community. I didn't need to look at a single thing the community did. I thought it was a perfectly fine game. I thought it was a perfectly fine game. Same with Skyrim. Never modded a Bethesda game. I just got what I wanted out of with Fallout and Oblivion, and they haven't improved on those games much since then. As the community, why they love the mods so much. Right, and I'm not debating that. See, we're passing in the night, John Bon Zombie. You have a great name, by the way. We're passing in the night. I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense why people enjoy the mods. I'm saying I don't think that Fallout 4, the statement was, Fallout 4 was so bad that the community had to fix it. That's what I was engaging with. I'm like, no, it was a perfectly fine game. It was buggy, yes. I remember downloading patches within the month month of its launch date that fixed some of the issues that people were having. And then the community did all the modding later on. Sure, sure, sure. But my, my pushback wasn't that the community didn't do awesome stuff. My pushback was the game was not so broken and bad that it needed the community to fix it. Todd Howard praised the modding community and hired some of the modders. You guys are doing that thing where you're not engaging. Yeah, you're playing You're playing a red herring game with me now, which is irritating. Your initial statement was dealt with. You even retracted parts of it, Smashville. I was not at any point saying there aren't good mods out there and the community hasn't created good mods. You guys are playing this weird, I won't concede the point, red herring crap where you're going off in some field that I'm not going in. I'm not. I'm not talking about the goodness or badness. I'm talking about the false claim that Fallout 4 was so broken it needed the community to fix it. Is it like I'm so tired of people just ignoring what I'm saying? That's the crux of my position stated for the fourth time now. I've said nothing about the quality of the mods in Skyrim or Fallout 4. You made a big, bald, broad statement of, Oh, Fallout 4 and Skyrim were so broken that the community had to fix it. That is not true. And going off in some other left field and being like, Todd Howard said the modding community's great. And there's great mods out there. Okay, I didn't say anything about that. I, 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 said, I said not a single word about the quality of the, the, of the modding community or the mods. I was engaging with somebody saying that these games were so broken 
that they had to be fixed by the community. That's just not true. Yeah. I, they were definitely broken at launch, though. Fallout 4 was not broken at launch. I, I played that game to completion and never once had anything broken in it. There were bugs, sure. But there was nothing in it that was like, this game is so broken, it needs to be patched. It needs to be fixed by the community. The community didn't need to fix it. They wanted to. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, don't go off on some red herring. Don't go off on some red herring. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. For what it's worth, I put a thousand hours into Fallout 4 and counting and haven't tried mods yet. I love the game, scabs and all. Right. You can play Fallout 4 right now and not touch a single community mod, and it's a perfectly fine game that 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 is well worth playing. It's a good RPG. That's why I said, it's like, I don't even know what conversation we're having anymore. It's like, we just go into these giant platitudes where we're going to rewrite history and act like Bethesda has this sordid history of broken games the community had to fix. Really? Skyrim and Fallout 4 were that bad? We're letting Fallout 76 be this giant brush we're just painting their entire history with. We're going to we're going to ignore their history of RPG creation and act like they just launched broken games that the community has to come along and fix later on. I think 76 is the only instance in the argument didn't the community fix 76? I actually I actually can't talk about that. I'm not informed on that one. I know the game is in a much better state. I don't know what the symbiotic relationship has been between community modding, community advancement, community improvement, and Bethesda. I just know people are very happy with how far the game has come. I don't know how much of that was community, how much of that that was Bethesda. I'm less experienced with that game, so I'm not going to speak on it. You say this while the existence of the unofficial Skyrim and Fallout patches. Yes, and that's not a refutation of what I said. No one looks back at Skyrim and its review scores and the way it was talked about when it launched. Nobody goes back and does that and says, yep, it's all because of the unofficial Skyrim patches in the modding community. No. As a game, as a game, Skyrim was a triumph when it launched. It didn't become that later because of the community. You guys are playing this rewritten history crap, and it's so tiring. It's like this forced rewritten history of negativity. It's like Skyrim is a generation-defining game, but it's being remembered as it was crap, and the community had to fix it. What? No. No. At the time it came out... It was earth-shattering. There was nothing like that back then at that scale. It was... What do you mean? It was so... When did it even launch? You you have to look at these things in context. It was definitely not in the best state when it launched. The community didn't fix it. It wasn't crap, but it was notoriously buggy at launch. I remember playing Skyrim with my friend, and I lost myself in that game for hundreds of hours and never once felt like I was playing some buggy mess. I felt like I was playing the, the 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 true next the next the true next level of gaming is what Skyrim felt like to me. I just Why does it being buggy mean it wasn't earth-shattering? Cuz that's not what people said Kagan Echo. That's not what people said. 
man, you guys move goalposts faster than anybody. That's not what people said. People said it was broken and needed necessary. Need needed to be fixed by the community. It's so funny that when people make statements that are blatantly false and they get demolished, we want to play this hedging, backpedal, like, goalpost moving game. Well, they were buggy. They weren't broken. Well, the, the community helped the games, but they didn't necessarily need to fix games. Okay, then what the frick are we discussing? What? Is this just some is this just some smoke and mirrors game when you make a statement that can't be substantiated completely gets falsified and then we play this weird backpedal goalpost moving game where we all concede the thing that we know to be true that Skyrim and Fallout had bugs and that there are great mods available who the frick cares about that we all know that nobody's even debating that No one's debating whether or not Skyrim or Fallout had bugs. Nobody's debating whether or not Skyrim or Fallout has good mods. You're saying things that don't need to be said. A statement was made, it was proven false, and now we're in some weird fog of backpedal, like, goalpost moving. Gee, many Christmas. Skyrim being compared to open sandbox games nowadays is flawed, clunky combat, bugs, bad AI, mainline quests were generic. Yes, and I can compare Terminator 1 to sci-fi movies of today and act like, well, it's bad, the pacing's weird, the camera angles are awkward, the script is awful, blah, 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 blah. special effects are trash. Yeah, because if you look at Terminator 1 in context when it released, just like, you know, Aliens or Alien 1, you have to look at them in context with respect to special effects. You, you can't go back. This is what I'm talking about. It's this It's this forced negativity history rewrite. We're going to look at Skyrim, an 11-year-old game, and we're like, well, when you compare Skyrim to Elden Ring, it's trash. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And when I compare the special effects in the latest blockbuster to Charlie Chaplin movies what Charlie Chaplin movies are garbage which would completely be ridiculous because Charlie Chaplin was a special effects innovator that shaped cinema and the future of cinema to the same degree that open world RPGs have all been influenced by Skyrim it it you just it's so it's so it's forced negativity. It's so forced. It, it hurts my freaking brain. <laughs> to, to, to judge a Charlie Chaplin movie against a modern movie is just as stupid as judging Skyrim against modern open world games. It's just dumb. Just because the game was groundbreaking at the time doesn't mean the studio is great at making games now. I never stated that. So thank you for falsifying a statement that nobody stated. Nobody said that. People live in the past with Bethesda instead of the present. Nobody's doing that. Nobody yet today has said that. I have simply stated, if you're going to paint them with this brush of launching games with bugs and glitches and problems, you also have to acknowledge how good they have been historically at building RPGs. So we, we, you, you can't just, that's what I'm saying is you want to rewrite history and paint them with this negative brush. And I'm like, what's, what's the benefit of that? Ignoring everything they got right and acting like this is all we, this is all that matters. 
Like, that's what I'm saying. It's just, you're literally not having a conversation. You're a batting cage of negativity. Some of you people in the gaming community, that's all you are. You don't have conversations. You go on the internet and you're a batting cage of negativity. It doesn't matter what the game is. It doesn't matter what the topic is. You just shoot out negative, unsubstantiated platitudes about everything to the point that you ignore the greatness and the influence of Skyrim so that you can establish how bad Skyrim was because you want to keep on this platitude hill of Bethesda makes crappy buggy games that need to be fixed by the community. You're not having a conversation. You aren't. This isn't dialogue. This isn't back and forth. It's a negative batting cage. And it's just exhausting. It doesn't matter what system we talk about. It could be Sony. It could be Xbox. It could be Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. It could be Starfield Demo. It could be Redfall Gameplay. It's just, we we must, we must just hurl negativity. And that's why I get so tired of it. I'm like, what are we even doing? Are we even having a conversation? It doesn't feel like a conversation. It feels like I'm dealing with negative platitudes. Contribute to the conversation and the dialogue. That's what I'm saying. Rise above this. We, we, we do more here than that. We don't do this. I don't do this. We got to be better than, 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 than Twitter and, and, and whiny drones on Reddit. We got to be better than that. Let's have actual conversations. So, like, I'm, I'm not even a Bethesda guy. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I've been, you, like, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. It feels, it feels otherworldly because I, in one week, I have people saying the most ludicrous things about Xbox and they make me look like a Sony fanboy because I have to shoot down the most absurd statements that are made about Microsoft and Xbox and how great they're doing, right? I have to shoot that crap down. And then in the next week, now I'm sitting here having to defend Bethesda Starfield, which is a first-party Xbox title. I have to defend it against similar similar things on the other side of the coin. Just absurd negativity and brushstroke platitudes. So now I sound like I'm some Bethesda apologist. And it's like, I don't even really play their games. Like, what, what freaking planet am I on? Like, what planet am I on? Like, I didn't even have a PlayStation until the PlayStation 4 Pro, and yet I'm, I'm a Sony fanboy. <laughs> because it's like from one week to the next. From one week to the next, chat. I'm getting dizzy. I'm getting dizzy. You don't have time to play their games. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I actually really enjoyed my time in Fallout 4 and in Skyrim. So when I hear people saying these things, I'm like... What are you talking about? And I played that game 10 years ago and it was amazing. It was awesome. Huh? What is it? It was that bad? I don't remember being that bad. Fallout 4? Was it was it so broken? What? That's why I'm like, what do you that's why I reject it. I'm like, uh-huh. What? Now Fallout 76. You get the bad out and go to town on that game. I got no problem with that. They deserve pretty much every 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 criticism, you know, lobbied against Fallout 76 is is pretty justified. It is. It is. I'm not I'm not going to defend that game. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say hey good job I'm gonna cheer them on for fixing it because I like seeing that I like seeing a, a, a company stand by their product and fix it I think that should be to their credit we should be giving them a couple of uh, you know Boy Scout badges for that and saying hey good job your arguments have no substance other than insinuating everyone is a fanboy are you talking to me you are you saying that to me that my arguments have no substance it's news to me that's news to me no reforge no 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 okay I was like are you talking to me (laughs) I was like huh oh to Jeff oh yeah no 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 (laughs) that makes sense that you said that to Jeff that makes that makes perfectly good sense that you said that to Jeff. <laughs> I was like, me? I was like, I take great pains to make good arguments. What are you talking about? I never owned, played, or touched a Bethesda game, but I'll defend what they brought to gaming as a, uh, to an absurd level. It blows my mind to see people go after Bethesda and Ubisoft, but EA, 343, and the likes just get a giggle and move on so wild to me yeah <laughs> yeah aside from the minor bug Skyrim was is a near masterpiece really makes sense I yeah I love Skyrim I thought it was so amazing bro bro when I when when I w- literally literally I remember the first time I killed a dragon and like those northern lights were in the sky like the aurora borealis was like in the sky it's their version of that right the northern lights were in the background the sun had set and i had killed this dragon and the dragon bones were on the ground bro that was the i've not not until hellblade did i start having what i felt like were almost like spiritual experiences in video games that was the closest i ever came to like a spiritual experience in a video game before I experienced what I did in Hellblade. The beauty and the meaning and the depth and the the journey that is Hellblade. It was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh. I literally was going through my Facebook memories the other day and I took a picture with my phone. I took a picture with my phone and I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. I posted it on Facebook. I was like, just killing dragons, no big deal. Man. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that people's memories of those games are now just so... It's just negative. It's like, what? What do you... I remember the first time I got to that... 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 What is it? Like, all the elves that, with the magic that... It's like a... It's like a, uh, a school or something. The arcane school? I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta learn. I gotta figure this out. I wanna get these spells. Like, it was so cool and so mysterious. To this day... To this day, if I'm playing a game and I hear the rumblings of like skeletons and things coming like for me in the dark, I get goosebumps because when I would go into the cave systems in Skyrim and the droggers would wake up, it would give me goosebumps. I remember playing it in my apartment and the AC was on and the room would feel too cold just because I was playing the game. It was like, like it was like an experience. Predator with a $20 tip through Super Chat. I lost two days when I first played Skyrim. So I'm saying, it shaped it shaped an entire generation of games. And we talk about it with such disrespect. 
if uh, if you saw what I said earlier, Skyrim was buggy at launch. It wasn't unplayable. It had hard crashes, but it did pretty much so pretty much all Bethesda games before it. It's still one of the best games I've ever played. Same for Witcher 3. Right, yeah, Witcher 3 had bugs and glitches and then it got fixed and now it's hailed as a, as a triumph. Right, right, right. Was Skyrim your first Bethesda RPG? It was, it was. I tried to play New Vegas and couldn't figure it out. Everybody said, oh, if you like Borderlands, play New Vegas. I got stuck in some base and couldn't get out. It was so confusing. I just went back to Borderlands. But yeah, it was my first Bethesda RPG. I may have played Morrowind for a little bit with somebody and something else. Neverwinter Nights. It's hard to remember how many of those back then I played. So I didn't play... I didn't... Yeah, so your reverence makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, it was my first. It was not... Well, it wasn't my first. It was the first I played to completion. It was my first I played to completion. And I thought it was an absolute masterpiece. When you get down underneath that one place, and there's all like the dwarven stuff, the dwarven elevators, and the dwarven weaponry, I just, man, I can't get over how... That, that, that game's insane to me. The, the level of detail and all the armor and the weaponry, it's just, it's crazy. It's so beyond its time to some degrees. And I've literally only played through Skyrim once. I played through it once. I tried to go back and just, I couldn't enjoy it with the same, with the same feeling. I just couldn't. Um... Uh, what was the name of that freaking thing? It's Forgotten Something, isn't it? Forgotten Saga. I got a nice big picture here. I got a lot of crap with you people! Okay. That looks good enough. Okay. We got it. <laughs> you guys, you guys, you guys... You guys successfully got I, you got so many rants out of me today. You got your money's worth of rants, but we need to we need to we need to switch to the next stream. Uh, we're going to be covering the Assassin's Creed thing that they announced. I'm actually really excited about this. This could give us a reason to regularly boot up Valhalla, which I've really wanted to be in and play Valhalla, uh, and we might have a reason to. Uh, so give me just a brief moment to get this set up so we can talk about the next thing. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Incoming banger YouTube shorts. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Have you tried Lost in Play? Super charming, and we have a first look of it coming very soon for Reforge First Look. Yes, it's a very charming little game. Very, very charming. Uh, do I have this set up? I have this set up for that. Let me get my tweet set. This is the first time we've gotten close to three hours. No, we got close to three hours every day. Listen, listen. If you guys have enjoyed my Starfield coverage, I don't care where you are on the spectrum. The two times I've covered Starfield this week, we've had a massive turnout, okay? A massive, massive turnout. If you guys have enjoyed this coverage, please watch the next show. Hang out with us. Keep chilling with us. And, uh, And make sure you're here all throughout the week. Consider becoming a member. Uh, consider all of the various ways that you can support and hang out. Uh, consider doing coffee orders, all those things. Those are all great ways to let us keep doing what we do here. And uh, our next show is all about Assassin's Creed and uh, some very cool stuff. Assassin's Creed is apparently 
adding a rogue mode to Valhalla, which I'm interested. Uh, a rogue mode coming to AC Valhalla. What do you think? Come discuss. Send that tweet. Oh, Lost in Play went live at noon. Okay, it's live already on the on the channel. We can we'll redirect to that end of day probably. We end every day. Um, uh, we end every day with a um, a redirect to a first look, and we appreciate the people who have supported those things very very much. Assassin's Creed Valhalla news has arrived with something unusual I never expected to see as well as potentially a roadmap for this year all leading to September where they're aiming to do a pretty big reveal I have all the information for you right here at the beginning of the broadcast so make sure and hit subscribe and the bell button if you weren't here for the discussion I try and put these things right at the beginning so you don't have to go searching through a really long video the reason the video is long is I'm a live streamer you just might have missed the live show so I am going to bring everybody over from this morning show I talked about Starfield and the mounting criticism from everybody based on details that continue to come out 